this is Shane Embry from Venomous Concept, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious food to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia murder. Tom Gabriel Warrior. Eric Green from Sepultura. Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Anthony Michael. We are Gorgasm. This is Middle from Crater. Turns from Suffocation. Phantasm Podcast. Join your host, Corey Gorecrest and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofantasm.com, the only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Phantasm Podcast. Corey Gorechrist. With me as always, Dr. Vincent West. How are we doing? We're doing good, my friend. Um, we got an awesome episode for you guys today. We've got a pretty sweet film as well. Um, we have Shane Embry back on Phantasm. Uh, he's promoting a Venomous Concept, his newest uh, project that comes out August 28th on a Season of Mist. We got Politics versus. The Erection. Very interesting. And uh, that's coming at the end of this. And we also got New Napalm Death on the Horizon. Comes out September 18th. Which is Throws of Joy and the Jaws of Defeatism. And that comes out on Century Media Records. So, a lot of a lot of stuff coming for Shane. We love the guy. And this interview will be up. Wait before <laughs> I'm excited to have him back on. And uh, look forward for yeah. you guys to yeah. hear that. Yeah. And uh, this yeah, and, you, you got all the stuff. And then the uh, the film we got. It's interesting, courtesy of Tubi, of course, during the quarantine era of the Phantasm podcast. So if you guys want to follow along, it's having a decent print so far too. It does. It looks good. Um, hey, you guys can get the. Uh, Tubi app for free, download it, go through some Pampers ads and fucking car bullshit and you will get to the movie. Um, it's the only thing with it is that it has ads, but other than that. Um, got some pretty awesome films on there and a lot of the ones we've done in the last few months have all been on this app so you can follow these episodes and not have to have the... <laughs> not have to have the Blu-ray or the whatever to follow along. You can actually just do it right here like we are, so... If you want some extra commentary and and us uh, talking over the film and and entertaining you at work, yep, or at your or at your wife, or your wife's baby shower while you're in the bathroom crying that your future is over, or you can you know this 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 movie is congratulations on that pregnancy. Um, Thank you, I'm really proud of it. Um, let's see here. Yeah, what what what's the film that we got? We had the wait 
David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone in Roger Corman's Death Race 2000. The year 2000. America is a vast speedway. People line the streets to witness the greatest drivers on earth in a race from sea to shining sea. This is a death race. You finish first, or not at all. Death Race 2000. Every car a deadly weapon. Every spectator a potential point. It's a cross-country road wreck, and the traffic is murder. Who are you, anyway? The best driver on earth. I don't want you to die. He was built by the world's finest surgeons to drive the fastest car ever designed, and nothing can stop him now. Death Race 2000, rated R. It's like the wacky races for adults. Um, just a cool film, man. 1975, as you said, Roger Corman. Uh, directed by Paul Bartel. <coughs> I'm trying to see what else he did here. He did rock and roll high school. He appeared in these are the films he appeared in were Rock and Roll High School, Get Crazy, Amazon Woman on the Moon. Um, he directed eleven low budget films, many of which he also started or acted in or wrote in. Uh, Secret Cinema, horror comedy, Private Parts, not to be confused with the Howard Stern film, which is funny. Uh, eating Raul, lust in, <laughs> lust in the dust. Uh, scenes from the classic struggle in Beverly Hills. So those are some of his notable ones. Um, he was after <clears throat> vegan preg- pregnancy with Cory Booker. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, he is Mr. Dumont in Piranha. Weird. Um. It's a European vacation. He's Mr. Froger. Paul Bland and <clears throat> Paul Bland and Chopping Mall. He's Doctor. You know, he's, 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 he's in fucking Caddyshack too. He's Mr. Jameson. He's like Mr. Mrs. <laughs> Munchies. He's Doctor Crowder. Uh, that guy's awesome, man. That guy is a fucking character actor from hell. He is a uh, theater manager in Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Uh, Hilarious. He's in the Jerky Boys movie. Uh, he's the host at, at uh, Tut's, which I actually remember that. He's in Usual Suspects, as a smuggler. Uh, Joe's Apartment, he's an NEA scout. He's in a ton of stuff. Problem Child, he's in. Uh, that's Devil's Child, in my most problem child that a uh, John Ritter movie which is hilarious too um yeah ton of stuff that's just the director uh I don't even need to really mention it right now David Carey is drawing the costume that I wear sometimes when I'm in a work convention <laughs> got the cape my there death race, my death race quote uh Flash Gordon-esque sci-fi original that I stole <laughs> I'll give you a little synopsis here of Death Race if you guys really just need it, but it's uh, pretty pretty basic. In a dystopian future, a cross-country automobile race requires contestants to run down innocent pedestrians to gain points. 
that are tallied based on each kill's brutality. So, you know, this, this game actually carries into modern society, you know, as you see the doctor there on the screen. And you, uh... Vincent <laughs> Carradine. Yeah. Vincent Carradine. So you, you know, you're never driving around and you see somebody crossing the street, you're not, you know, you want to be like, five points, you know, I think this movie is, is where that comes from and people don't even realize it, that, uh... The little point game for running over pedestrians. People hopefully aren't actually doing, but it's just some. It's just a fun thought for people that are. Oh, Roger Corman's doing this, yeah. and way yeah. ahead of his time. Very, and this, you know, it's just pretty cool. And I uh, was on the Beatles records, and then he started cranking out some shit, a lot of shit. Yeah, he's been cranking out stuff. By the time this came out, he been working with fucking DP and Surprise. Yeah. Jack Nicholson and Boris Karloff. I know you weren't necessarily crazy about that movie. Did we scrap that? Or did we keep that? We ended up scrapping it, I think. That was the one I fell asleep on. No, no, no. Yes, it was. It was the terror. It was the terror. You were on the phone. Yeah, I fell asleep on the phone. Oh, I did not know that. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. A Douglas Cooper web said we were recording. The double shot we did... Uh... You know, we did Hot Dog, and then you blacked out during the Vincent Price thing that I watched next. Oh, maybe that was it. You were Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> Mr. Lone. Yep. Let's have some trivia for this one. Uh, explaining why he took the Frankenstein role, David Carradine says, I started that picture two weeks after I walked out of Kung Fu. Um, and it was essentially my image kung fu character and a lot of people still believe I'm the guy uh, the idea actually was number one you walk off the television series you better do a movie right away you might never get to do one and the second thing was to do something right right away that would create the image of a monster to get rid of the image of that little Chinese guy that I've been playing for four years and you know it did kickstart my movie career <laughs> yeah who said this film kickstarted his movie career so <clears throat> Both Stallone and Carradine did much of their own driving. Look at that car. Is his car not amazing? Yeah, it's nasty. It's like a goddamn fucking dragon or lizard or something. It's amazing. <clears throat> Stallone and Carradine did much of their own driving. In addition, producer Roger Corman drove in the scenes that were shot on public streets since the custom-built cars used in the movie were not street legal. And the film stunt drivers did not want to be caught driving them by the police. So that's interesting. I want to point out another actor in this. You have the villain from Karate Kid over there, Cobra Kai, in the camo car. It's amazing. I can't think of his name. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Sweet the Egg. He's in this. He would also later act with Stallone in Rambo <coughs> 2. Is that Martin Cove? Correct. Okay. I pulled that on my ass. He did a very good job. Uh, the role of Frankenstein was originally offered to Peter Fonda, who considered the movie too rid- <laughs> <laughs> too ridiculous for words. Boy, did he fuck up! Uh, Let me tell you something right now. I mean, not, not this is not for you unless you haven't seen it. And you're walking bar blind. I wanna I wanna throw this out there for America. Okay. If you ever wanna watch an amazing film with Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson. And the late great genius Dennis Hopper. By all means, by all means necessary, you have to watch 
and now I'm drawing a blank on it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the Criterion version. I've even got the old the Sony pictures like Digibook of it. I've got two versions of it. Um, well, I don't even know that. Motorcycle film, hippies. Uh, oh, Easy Rider. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. Good uh, job. Pulled another one out of my ass. Dennis Hopper, actually, that was Dennis Hopper's baby, that movie. Yeah, that's a and fantastic movie. I highly recommend that film. Jack Nicholson is fantastic in it. Peter Fonda's really cool in it. And Dennis Hopper's a badass. As always. Sorry. No, that's good shit. Because you mentioned Peter Fonda, I'm sorry. Every time I hear Peter Fonda's name, we always make a movie rather. Yeah, I mean. literally smoke that four or five joints and watch that. Yeah, he's he's a fucking. That's I mean, it's his most iconic role in my opinion. And <clears throat> even if you don't like the guy, you can't not like that movie. It's just it's just really fucking good. It's classic for a reason. It is a great joint smoking movie. Um, I think the it's only yeah. I think the only time I've watched it, I was stoned, and I you know I usually didn't watch a whole lot of movies. Did you see them fresh There were some fresh tits there on one of these chicks. It was okay. like a gratuitous titty shot. Oh, well, I missed it. had to have been shot in Cali. Oh, probably. <clears throat> we'll get to that in a second. Beautiful. It looks like California Hills. It does. Let's see. They were carrying... It looks like the same damn road that they shot thrashing on. Huh. They got some I'm nice... not trying to be funny either. I'm serious. Mr. B loves you. All right, let's see. David Carradine refused to wear leather, so costume designer... Jane Room had to make Carradine's iconic black outfit out of fabric that looked just like leather. Some kind of faux leather. Frankenstein's, <coughs> Frankenstein's uh, alligator car, that's what it is, alligator. And the machine gun car were rebodied Volkswagens, and Matilda's buzz bomb was a Volkswagen. Uh, the Roman Lion was built on a Fiat 850 Spider. Calamity Jane's Bull was a, cor- uh, a Corvair. The White Resistance Army car that chases Frankenstein very briefly before crashing and blowing up was a 1965 or 1966 Ford Mustang. Beautiful. According to Corman, several of the custom cars featured in the movie were later sold to car museums for considerably more than it cost to build them. So it made his money on that. <clears throat> cars didn't run most of the time, so they had to be pushed down a hill in order to get them to move. Moreover, the cameras used to film the cars were undercranked in order to perpetuate the illusion that they were moving faster. So a little movie magic there. <coughs> Mary Waranov, who plays Calamity Jane, did not know how to drive a car. So a stunt driver did all the actual driving for her in the movie. For close-ups, Waranov sat in the car, towed behind a truck with the camera crew riding in it. Huh. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Sylvester Stallone wrote some of his own dialogue. That's how much of a badass he is. Yeah. It's like, this will sound good. Hey, hey, yo. Uh, Don Steele plays Junior Bruce, the announcer in this film, and nearly the identical character in another cult classic car chase film, Grand Theft Auto, starring a young Ron Howard, which also had uh, our director friend. Uh, Paul in it as well. Uh, the speech mannerisms of the character Harold parody those of Howard uh, Cazell. Roger Corman wrote the original treatment. 
smooth, cold Modelo in his flask. In his flask with a straw. It's amazing. Um, Roger Corman wrote the original treatment of the film, which was serious in tone but thought it was not right, and in his words was kind of vile. He decided the dark material in the story would be better served by making the movie into a comedy and had Robert Thome rewrite the treatment. The film retains only the basic premises of the original short story by uh, I.B. Melchior? I don't know how to say the last name. I apologize. I just probably just fucked that up. That's okay. Uh, The characters and incidents are all different. The story focuses on just one mechanic and driver and one anti-racer in particular. does not include the president or the special driver Frankenstein. The racetrack used to the opening track, here we go, and grandstand scenes is on the Ontario Motor Speedway near Los Angeles. So there you go. Right in L.A. Producer Roger Corman challenged popular YouTube channel Cinema Sins to make a Sin video on one of his own films. This film being the one, Cinema Sins is a channel that nitpicks and criticizes many movies for entertainment. They're a bunch of douchebags. Uh... This was theatrically <coughs> Cinema Sins. It's just some YouTube channel that nitpicks movies and stuff. You know, Matt, I, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of, like, these reaction videos and all this stuff on fucking YouTube. And you know what I want to do? And, and, I, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If you just, I'm not trying to interrupt you. Just, just take me a second. What I want to do is have wheelchair fucker and main event just pull their tidy whities down and then just rip a diarrhea fart <laughs> on video and just let everybody know what I think of that reaction videos and these people's opinions about everything because you one thing that I fart. think most people are sick of is being smothered with other people's opinions. Yeah, I think America, so. more than any other country in the world, is just smothering the entire globe with their opinions about stuff, including a wonderful leader. So yep. I just wanted to throw that in there. And then you get stuff like people apologizing for those people, like, "Well, it's a free country, and that's their opinion." It's like, yeah, but it's also uh, a free country in a sense that if you say something I don't like, I can hike down my pants or wheelchair wheelchair fucker's pants and, and just fart right in your face. Correct. Right. It's just, it's just, there's consequences there's for what you say. too much of that. Like, I enjoy the, personally, I enjoy the video game review channels and stuff. And, yeah, but that's different. You know. you know. And if you guys want to read, if you guys want to read some video game reviews, yeah, if you want to read some video game reviews, go to cultofantasm.com and you can uh, check out Killer Coach's playbook. He's got uh, Last of Us Part Two, Predator Hunting Grounds. He does he does a review for Resident Evil Three. He's done a bunch of stuff already, so it's not really under the radar. It's on Facebook. There's too many people, you know, just just yammering on there. It's like just shut up. Yeah, but people, like I said, a lot of people, and I'll end with this. A lot of people are just never needed a voice or platform to say what they think. There's a lot of people that just don't need that platform and people use it anyway. And it it creates a very toxic environment for people that are just trying to look up stuff and and just have another thing to do and then escape reality. And they're just... Yeah, 
but it, and you know, like what we try to provide is, is just honesty, and, and you know, we may not be you know slit not that old slash interviewer douchebag that right. gets everything that these labels given. You know, I mean, I, if you guys want to laugh, and I, I don't know the name of the uh, of whatever it is, but I guess slit not has the because I played that band. If y'all don't know that, but. They had some kind of bullshit, like, I guess, website that just handles all social media, you know, because Slipknot is the earth. <laughs> and there's some fucking idiot interviewing this artist who I'm not even going to give any credit to because I'm not trying to plug that band in any way, shape, or form. But it's the most painful thing I've ever watched in my life. And this, this dickhole that's interviewing this artist. <laughs> right, I got I to gotta add. Literally, like, I got an I'm ad. Literally like ad, ad, ad. What's that? I have an ad. I do too. We're good. Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry. Because I was just like, ah, the boys. This douchebag. There's like, I swear, he's like riding in his car with his like latte. You know, metrosexual boyfriend slash girlfriend slash whatever. And he's just like, you know, at the station on your guitars. <laughs> and here's the thing. Just because you have the ability to access through a piece of shit band like Slipknot to get any interview you want, it doesn't mean that you can do a fucking interview properly. Yeah. You're just naturally addicted and I had to do it myself. Oh, you're a fucking idiot, which is what 99.9% of the people are that I see performing interviews in any way, shape, or fashion. Is that conceded? Oh, well, the truth hurts, because I know I don't sound like a deer in headlights when I'm, because I go back and put close attention to stuff. I don't sound like a deer in headlights when I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. You know? And it's just stupid. And, and it's, it's not fair to people that are interested in, it could be anybody. You're interested in computers or cars or boats or airplanes or music or films or whatever that doesn't matter. No one wants to listen to someone sit there and just be like, I'm going to several minutes to ask you, do you like to get off the car It's stupid. <coughs> I, just, I don't get it. I, I don't understand how 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 people are handed content for something and the person that they're handing the content to I don't care if that's your brother-in-law or your friend or whoever or he works for Slipknot's website or whatever stupid ass bullshit heard out crap band he works for you shouldn't have access to some of this stuff you know it's like well, the people that if you can't do the job properly then you shouldn't be allowed to do the job let me give you a perfect example and I will shut up and I'm sorry I'm rambling tonight but just like you don't want to give me keys to a crane okay because if I have keys to a crane I'm going to destroy something with it and it's not going to be the building I was supposed to destroy right you don't give someone that doesn't know how to operate heavy machinery keys so ready my phone kids I know how to operate heavy machinery in the interview department. You know who doesn't? 99.9% of these people that you find on YouTube and or podcasts because they're fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's some fucking fanboy douchebag fucking hipster IPA drinking fucking vest wearing suit 
that doesn't know anything about music that has read and lived on the internet since he came out of his mom's pussy. <laughs> it's just stupid. Yeah. It's just dumb. It's like, it's like you know, I'd rather listen to cat stuff than you do a fucking interview. You know, some of these people are just... It's the truth. You know what I mean? You and I say that all the time. I don't have a problem saying it. We're not getting paid, kids. No one's, no one's paying Dr. West. No one's paying CG. Here's the thing about, about that. You hand the keys to... It, 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 it's no different. Handing the interview to the wrong person is like handing keys to a fucking drunk alcoholic driver, you know? Something bad's going to come out of this. Well, the, the thing is, is that people that get handed things or have their connections or, and, you know, kind of just get things handed to them, they're not going to be good because they're not working hard for it. They didn't have to learn how to do the interviews on a whim. They didn't have to go through rivers of diarrhea and, and bad interview after bad interview. And yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, though, you have to have a little bit of charismatic energy to talk to people and a little bit of self-confidence, you know? And the reality is these dreams, these 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 fanboy winners that get these things are just like those cocksuckers that are making documentary thing where they're in front of a 2010 Walmart big screen and it's like <laughs> hang on you, you, you're being a you're being a peanut because I can't really hear you because you're too close to your phone because okay. it was like well, wah wah wah. Oh. What I was saying was, uh, sorry. When you're standing in front of a 2010 Walmart 70 inch, talking to Matt from Exhumed, I'm not impressed, you know. And you can't do an interview right just because you have connections at Decibel Magazine, and because someone's all these labels are eating your butt out and the peanuts out of your shit because. You have some bullshit magazine. No one gives a fuck about magazines anymore. This is fucking 2020. This isn't 1985. You know? Yeah. Well, another thing, too, is it? They're not checking out your interview on your flat 2010 uh, insignia flat screen, you know, that you got at Best Buy that you have broke 10 times because you keep walking into it with your fat ass and knocking it over while you're doing your stupid interview with your stupid fucking local San Francisco brew company crap pee beer. You know, go <laughs> fuck yourself. You know, it's like, this is what's wrong with with people too. Everybody has to be some kind of elitist snob. You know, and, and you can't just be, I mean, you know, you know, like whatever you like, you know, like I, you know, everybody's so pretentious and fake in the metal scene and it makes me want to fucking vomit day glow. And, but it's also the fact, but it's, it's, it's all that, and I, I'm going around about that, but just to keep it short, and hopefully not Charlie Brown's teacher sounding, you know, just let the professionals do the interviews, and, and leave leave your fanboyism to you aggravating them after I've already interviewed them after a concert, okay? <laughs> leave it to the professionals here at Phantasm and Godless Heathens to bring you your metal interviews that you want that are legitimate from real artists you know leave it to the professionals because if you if you go if it's amateur hour and you got your mom's friends at the bank liking your page and your band's page and my little darling interviewed that singer Danny Berger who <laughs> cares 
Who fucking cares? You know? You know, you're living living in in mom's basement jerking off your fucking anime and you're you're playing your Dragon Ball Z games and you're getting your mustard from your your vegan burrito all over your fucking controller. Go fuck yourself. You know? I'm sick of people like that. Eat a giant dick, you know? Alright, the only thing I was really saying that adds on to this <coughs> uh, shit. Thank you, Doctor West. That was uh, was very. I think you needed to get that out. I don't need to rant, but I'm, I'm just tired. Of, I'm, I'm seeing these interviews of any, any. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be our Democrat. It could be any. And they're, and they're handed the keys to this, and they don't know what they're doing. Right, and they won't learn because they're getting handed stuff, and they're not having to just go through it. You right. know, we, we had to That's learn exactly. from. And the this is when you go to the drive-through to restaurant. You want your food prepared the way you want to eat it. When I listen to an interview, and when I do an interview, I try to prepare and be ready. That way, people can listen to something that doesn't sound like some because I'm not, you know, fanboy douche. Yeah, we're also actual fans of the stuff and have been and very well versed in what we like and. A lot of people that are. No, 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 listen, I've said this on this podcast before. I'm not a fan of anything. But when I I can sit down and interview someone that I've never listened to their record before, I've never I've never heard, even heard of the band. I can still do an intelligent interview and talk to these people like an intelligent human being. And if they, if they respond to that, then that's fantastic. But the thing is, is is people that are have no social skills at all. You know, and 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 they and they get handed this stuff. You know, it's like, you know, my my grandma mind you, shut not. I get to interview all these heavy metal bands. It's just stupid, you know. And 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 you know the the, the that Canadian fruit. I can't think of his name. And I'm not talking about Laplante, you fucking troll. <laughs> but but whatever the 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 the. the the guy you hate, the the guy from Canada that made his medal of us. Uh, oh, Sam, Sam, Sam Dunn. Sam Dunn. Well, the the thing about Sam Dunn is that he... Thing, he is a fanboy. See, I, I don't like people like that. I don't get along with people that are OCD like fanboy people about stuff. I just don't get along with people. Honestly, like Sam Dunn... I don't like to watch people like that interview people. Honestly, Sam Dunn's fine. It's the people that he's got on his show with him that are piss me off and they're just annoying but even that I don't even watch that shit anymore I used to do it just to aggravate myself but also be like okay that's how I'm not gonna do anything you know use it as an example of what you don't want to do because it's well but it's just it's it's still these these people he has for them it's like alright let's go down to let's go down to the mall of Toronto okay and we're gonna find this guy with some stretched out earlobes, maybe half blonde, half wow. black, long ear. They're actually bleeping out the the fucking boobage in this scene, but I'm gonna do a Mister Skinless anyway. And they're bu- they're bleeping out the dude butt cracks. Um, I appreciate that. Right around twenty, right around twenty eight minutes. You know, like right at the end of twenty eight minutes, around like you know, uh, say. 2901, you got some Mr. Skinless, you had some boobs that I couldn't see, actually. This is the first movie I've seen on anything that's been edited. Um, the tits were bleeped out like this is a Japanese horror film, and then the dude cracks, which is fine. But, um, yeah, so they got Machine out here, played by David Carradine, and then it's their fucking bleeped out boobage. I, just, I don't get that. 
Very weird. And Stallone's in here fucking getting his fucking his rock hard cock massaged by these women here. Actually, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to end with this and stop my thing, but here's the thing. When I go, when anyone, whether you're having it delivered by Grubhub or whatever people use nowadays, or you're going and getting it yourself at a restaurant, or you're dining in, no one wants their food fucked up, okay? And I wish more people would have that knowledge when they're doing interviews with anyone. Yeah. Well, like I said, wants to listen to or or invest in someone uh, and spend their time of their day listening to something that's done half-assed. And you know what? If people like that, and you think that that's good, because you know, you know, uh, Peyton's grandma works for Slipknot, and he gets to interview all these bands that Corey and I can't do, even though we've been doing this for five years. And that's fine. But the reality is we all know he's a fucking fucktard. <laughs> you know. And you're a fucktard too if you actually like that over me because it's just it's not it's not done right. You know, I, I, I take a lot of pride and I have since day one in how I do things and you know it's just it's just stupid. It's stupid that, you know, um, you know, it, it, we try to be creative with our episodes that we get banned by YouTube, you know, it's just it's whatever. You know, it's 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 the it's just the gambit, but but the thing is, even you know, and Corey's done this. Corey has handed me stuff that I've never listened to and will never listen to in my life. And I've interviewed these people and had these people believing I listened to the album. I thought it was great. I'm so excited to see you on tour. And then I go in there and fucking jerk off because I don't fucking care, <laughs> you know. And and it's it's but, but I know how to do what I'm doing, you know. Like, Some people don't know how to do their job. Well. Yeah. Like I said, uh, to, when people get it handed to them, they're not doing, you know, they don't know how to do it because they getting stuff handed to them. They're just like, okay, and then they're not people you hand stuff to. People get stuff handed to them probably don't know how to do much. It goes back. The whole thing I was really saying was the Internet gives people the opportunity to have a platform when they don't need it. So there's a lot of people that do stuff like interviews that don't necessarily need to be a person to do them, but they find the resources to do it, and they just aren't good at it and these are people that don't really need to improve on it because they're getting handed everything so they just do what's handed to them you know we've asked for stuff to do that we've had interest in and we want to talk about and we are well versed in and even if we're not you know it's stuff we think that you guys want to hear and um we try to do different things but you know we made this platform well we made this platform People should take a little bit more time if you're the face and or slash voice of of your, you know, video or slash podcast or whatever you're doing. And whatever the subject matter is, it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant. It could be about pizza. But at least know how to talk to the gentleman or madam that you're talking to about and and have some kind of you need some kind of game plan. You can't just walk in there. Yeah, you need a you need a belt for your pants so they're not just falling down the whole time. You got to have some kind of game plan and just know what you're talking about. And a lot of people, like I said, it's down. Not everybody's got to rest. Can, can Corey ask me to walk into a burning building? I'll do it absolutely, and I've done it many a times. And it's it is what it is. But you know, there are people that cannot do that. 
Yeah. I'm not saying I'm the only man, but there's a lot of people that just don't know how to do interviews, you know. Well, I said they continue to get stuff because they have resources and people will keep giving it to them as long as they have those resources, but it doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. There's an artist that we have on, have had on this podcast in the past that I interviewed recently, who should remain nameless, that, you know, interview will never hear again. And then the last one didn't either, I'm pretty sure, because I was pissed. But it, it, he's actually really good at interviewing people, but he, he constantly makes the conversation revolve around his life and what he's doing and or what he's drinking and you know and that's and that's fine but no one wants to listen to that you know you know unless it's Michael Jordan you know if ESPN wants to air another thing about the Bulls and their championship run I watch it because I love watching him smoke a cigar and drink dark liquor and just be like yeah I'm the best fuck you I love it you know but it's just some more Mr. Skinless here, folks, at 34 minutes and 39 seconds. Uh, it is bleeped out on our end, and I apologize. I can't tell you in detail uh, what the shit looks like, but uh, she's very attractive, and uh, David Carradine is getting some. Took his little mask off, still got his glove on. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Skinless is here for you and all your moody needs. So I guess that's uh, uh, Simone Griffith is who that. Is Simone Griffith is uh, the woman there? Nice, but like I said, you know, I got this in Blu-ray. I think it's out of Plant Shop Factory. Put this out a long time ago before the Screen Factory line ever existed. It was a long time ago. They were kind of first dabbling in Blu-ray. Yep. And it's definitely unedited. I'm not really sure why this is edited. It's strange to me. I don't know. We're watching this on the Disney Channel, but I don't know. All right, it's really strange. I don't know what company this prints from. Watching this on USA up all night, you know, from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. My thumb just went black. I don't know what happened. I'm on thirty. I'm on thirty-five twenty, and I can't. It won't let me resume the movie. It just it just took a dump on me. Okay, what do you want me to do? Just pause it till I get to it again. See if I can uh, back it up a little bit or something. Okay, 36 yeah. minutes, 11 seconds. Okay. Press play. And now we're good. We'll do some more facts about this. Um, it was theatrically re-released in France in the mid-1980s with its title change from literal translation La Corse à la Mort de l'an 2000 to more evasive Les Sanguinaires de la Route meaning Lords of the Road. This time, David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone shared the top billing on the posters. The opening sequence was shot at an actual racetrack in between races. We talked about that. That was the um, Ontario Motor Speedway near Los Angeles where this was shot. Uh, Matilda... That from the military, Dr. Vincent Morte. Dr. Vincent Morte. Matilda Hun's buzz bomb racer features an obvious resemblance to the original Nazi V1 flying bomb, which the Germans called their vengeance weapon and which Allied forces nicknamed the Buzz Bomb. Uh, the director, Paul Bartel, died in 2000, the year in which the film takes place. Specifically, he died on May 13, 2000.
2000 at the age of 61. I'm sad. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, he and Jane Room design the opening titles using money from the budget without getting Roger Corman's permission first. Uh, Roger Corman cast Sylvester Stallone after seeing him in The Lords of Flatbush, which was f- filmed a year before this. Uh, Carradine's car... It is good. Carradine's car was a C3 Corvette, not a Volkswagen kit car like most of the others. Matilda the Hun's Buzzbomb was a Studebaker. Um, well, not a direct tie-in. Yeah. <clears throughs> They will not a direct tie into the movie Exidy released an arcade game in 1976 titled Death Race, inspired by the movie. Player controls. <laughs> the player controls. Yeah, my new car. Uh, a player controls a vehicle in a play field with a little stick men running around. If hit, the men would scream and turn into a cross. And the player would gain points. This game spurred the first mass outcry video game violence. Well, there we go. That dude got... He got launched. Do a backflip. Nice. That dude went into the sewers. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's co-star in the Expendables movies. Jason Statham stars in the remake. Yes, he does. Um, the airplane that, attra- that attacked Frankenstein's car was Burt Rutan's uh, Very Vegan. I don't know what that is. Very vegan. Sylvester Stallone and Martin Cove were also co stars. Stallone just crushed these guys in that sewer lid. Let me see if I'm on the same part. I think I just saw it. Um, yeah, Sylvester Stallone and Martin Cove were also co stars in Rambo First Blood Part 2. Stallone would again be portraying a race car driver in Driven in 2001. Included among the American Film Institute's 2001 list of 400 movies nominated for the top 100 most heart-pounding American movies. <clears throat> cool, cool. Uh, let's see. There's alternate versions of the film. The original UK cinema version was cut by the BBFC to remove a head-crushing scene and to edit shots to blood spurts from the car killings and a man's groin being stabbed with Joe's bayonet. All later releases were uncut. <clears throat> It's very weird. Uh, let's see, there's some goofs here. As Harold announces the new scoring system, he says women are 10 points more than men in all age brackets. After going through teens and toddlers, he says elderly people are 100 points no matter what sex they are. Uh, although the, remo- the movie refers to the country as the United Provinces of America... A banner can be seen near the start of the movie as a machine gun Joe pulls into the raceway that says United States. Uh, during their last stop at Albuquerque, near the last scene before resuming the race, while talking to Frankenstein, Annie slips off a stocking. Then after the camera goes from Frankenstein back to her, she is again taking off the same stocking. A little continuity. Uh, when the bullfighter challenges Calamity Jane, there is a quick close-up of a spinning wheel whose rim different than those on Jane's car. Cameraman and camera visible in reflection of trumpet and opening shot. Um, the racers are shown driving through mountainous uh, terrain, even when they are supposed to be in parts of the country, such as New Jersey and Missouri, that don't have any mountains of this type. The shot of the racers in Manhattan en route to the Lincoln Tunnel was clearly filmed downtown Los Angeles. <clears throat> 
The plane holds just one bomb, but nonetheless, multiple explosions occur when it attacks. Uh, and the theatrical version and all video versions up to the Roger Corman's classics release. There were some errors that have since been corrected. <coughs> Excuse me. Traffic has been cropped from the shot when Machine Gun Joe runs over the man hanging the Frankenstein banner on the street. Previously made nonsense of the earlier newscast of citizens staying off the streets. A crew member previously visible when Joe runs down the fisherman has also been cropped out. And this was incorrectly regarded as goofs. After Frankenstein has... Uh, after he reaches the finish line, a shot clearly shows him using his right hand to lift himself up out of the car, despite navigating the navigator having removed it just a couple minutes before. This is because this is actually the navigator posing as Frankenstein. The shot is a clue to Frankenstein's final ruse, and thus not an error. Uh, last one here at the plot hole. Frankenstein pretends to drink the energy drink in the car after slipping a sleeping pill in it for Annie. He says the flavor is vanilla. When Annie tastes it, it says it isn't vanilla. Frankenstein blames it on his taste buds being wiped out from the crash in a post-pass race. This was after Frankenstein explained to Annie that he is a new Frankenstein and was never in the accidents of the past, which is different. Frankenstein's driving instead. <coughs> <coughs> Shit. <clears throat> There's a little trivia there. It came out November 28th, 1975. Film Los Angeles Center Studios in downtown LA, off Bixel Street and Ontario Motor Speedway, which is very rad. Let's see what else is. Um, Simone Griffith, very attractive woman, from Savannah, Georgia, and let's see if there's anything. Really noteworthy here. I don't really see anything as far as movies. She was on TJ Hooker. For a good bit. Magnum P.I. she was on. She was on Chips. She did Greatest American Hero. She was on The Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Hawaii Five O. Incredible Hulk. Yep, six million dollar man, Starsky and Hutch, Swamp Girl. Let's see, yeah, a lot of TV stuff. Not so much really any notable movies um, that she did other than this. Of course, we don't have to get into Mr. Carradine or Stallone. Um, I like the guy that plays. Junior Bruce, it's a well Don Steele, and he was in Grath of Dotto. He was in Rock and Roll High School, Gremlins. He was Rock and Rick and Gremlins. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, notables for him. Fisherman's about to die. He's about to get speared. <coughs> I don't know what part you're speared on. Scene. Is he fixing his car right now? No, this dude's getting ready to get speared. I'm up. I oh, he just ran him over. He didn't spear him. He just ran him over. Okay, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, he was he was like fixing his car. Dude just got ran over. 
with a chick or whatever. Well, no, I have to him run over a fisherman and kill him, and then it pans back to that guy fixing his car. Maybe I might be a little ahead for some reason now, because that dude gets run over too. Yeah, you're ahead of me. Shit. Well, oh, hang on. No, it's okay. I ain't worried about it. Um, I don't want to do like a long, drawn-out thing about this, so I'm just going to burn through this real quick. I, I, I've got a couple of records I can mention from 75, but not a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll do... Uh, we'll get to Altering the Future. And Yours is going to take longer than mine. This is just real <coughs> quick stuff. Well, I can, you know, do cer- you know, certain ones, but... Um, yeah. Cue up the chuck. Altering the Future! So, the altering, altering the Future, the year is 1975. We'll take you back to this year... Uh, I'll handle the movie end of it, see what other movies we're playing this year when this came out, and the doctor will do the movies, or the music, sorry, whatever, he'll do both, fuck it. Um, some pretty good ones here, some really good ones actually, um, especially horror movies, um, but I'll just, you know, I try to mention ones that people know, they're like very familiar ones, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Um, honestly, I think for this one, I'm just going to do the horror movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The music one, I'm just going to kind of burn through. It's real quick. All right, so you got Trilogy of Terror. Uh, I'll do that one. The, the, we got Ro- I'll do some other ones, too. We've got Monty Python, The Holy Grail. Uh, you got The Stepford Wives. you got Rollerball. Uh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Got Dolomite, um, The Man Who Would Be King, which is Sean Connery, Michael Caine, Christopher Plummer. Um, yeah, that's it for those. And then we got Deep Red, Dario Argento. That's for Wheelchair Fucker. Uh, we got. <coughs> it is good. I got <coughs> I got the uh, Arrow Pimp Daddy of that one. Um, but I know Wheelchair Fucker likes that movie a lot. Um, let's see the. Terror, terror! I said it like a <laughs> the terror of Mecha Godzilla, one of my favorites. Uh, you got Shivers, which is coming out on Vestron when they're finally putting out a new one of that. So be on the lookout. That is also on the Tubi app if you want to watch that. It's a Cronenberg film. Um, what else we got? Um, let's see, Dog Day, uh, Dog Day Afternoon. It's Al Pacino. See what else we got. Yeah, and then I guess the last one, well, last two we got Jaws. I saw at the drive-in last week, and I had it was fucking awesome. Had a lot of fun. Uh, just going to the drive-in in general. It's been a long time since I've been to one, so it was cool to see a movie like that that I really like. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. And then the last film, this one's for the doctor, and that is Rocky Horror Picture Show. 1975. <clears throat> that's it. That wraps it up. I mean, that's that's uh, uh, the music stuff pretty quick. Let's do it. 1975 music. So, uh, self-titled Montrose record, like Great Ronnie Montrose, it's where Sammy Hagar came from. Good Atlanta record. Crossing from Rod Stewart. Uh, 
who by numbers, by the who. Hell yeah. Um, Warrior on the Edge from Hawkwind. It's when the Killmisters band he was in, Space Rock band he was in before he was in Motorhead. Pretty awesome. Uh, Equinox by Styx. Uh, Song for America by Kansas. <coughs> um, Minstrel in the Gallery from Jethro Tull. No, I do not want to look at that album. Thank you. Just made my lose my goddamn list. One second, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got his alligator car. And he's David Carradine. And he's David Carradine. Okay. Man's from the Gallery by Jeff Hurtall. Nothing Fancy by Leonard Skinner. On Your Feet or On Your Knees from Blue Oster Cult. Um, God damn. You motherfucker. Did I fuck up on you again? No, we're good. Fool for the City from Foghat. Return to Fantasy from Uriah Heat. Sabotage from uh, Black Sabbath. Favorite Sabbath. Uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Love it. Uh, self-titled Ted Nugent album. Come Taste the Band from Deep Purple. Um, ACDC, uh, the TNT, which is, it was, uh, I was talking to uh, Warren about this recently in his home. TNT was released on was released on different albums here in America than it was in Australia so that was the Australian release of that yeah. um, In Trance from the Scorpions which is the best early John Roth Scorpions album in my opinion Fighting from Thin Lizzy uh, Straight, Straight Shooter my favorite Bad Company album uh, Alive from Kiss my favorite Kiss album with makeup yep um, first one I ever listened to from Rush Dressed to Kill from Kiss Hair of the Dog from Nazareth, Not the Opera from Queen, Welcome to My Nightmare, Alice Cooper, Fly by Not from Rush, Toys in the Attic, great album from Aerosmith. That's great. Uh, Physical Graffiti from Led Zeppelin, and the best album of 1975, according to Dr. Vincent West, Medical Doctor, and that is Michael Shanker's UFO Forcet. Yeah, good shit. And by the way, thanks to all you fuckers out there for never giving me web to that fucking Shit. You know what I didn't know about this film is that John Landis is in it somewhere. I have not seen him, but I know John Landis is in this movie. That's hilarious. It is funny. 
So I actually pondered doing a John Landis film earlier, but we did not. But we thought about it. <clears throat> well, I want to do the Blu-ray of that. Yeah. So. I need to get the Blu-ray of that. So I can probably get on eBay. That was a really good movie. So far, I, I love this film, you know. It's been a little while since I've seen it. I love the Frankenstein character. I really think he needs a NECA figure. I would totally buy it. So I think he's just a badass character. He's very cool. No one else is kind of normal. He's, he's just... <clears throat> he's honestly annoying in this movie. Yeah, he's a butt. He's just annoying. He's okay. He's just annoying. His character's annoying. Not him. He's just his character's poorly written. Yeah. No, I'm saying I like David Carradine. I think his character is the shit. He looks like an original Star Trek villain. It's just, <laughs> just looks silly. Like on some, there's an episode where they go back in time, and it's called a piece of the action, and it's from season two of the original series of Star Trek, and they fought these gangsters and stuff in it. And one of the gangsters, the main gangsters in that episode, was a guy. I can't think of his name, but he played Mel on Mel's Diner on a show called Alice that I watched as a kid. <laughs> but anyway, he looks like he should be in that episode with that garb on. Yeah, Cody's definitely the coolest part of this movie. Yeah, he's just rad. I mean, he's it's it's just fucking cool. What a it's just interesting, and I just think he's a badass. You know, everyone else is kind of dressed weird, but. I mean, he's got this fucking cape and this all the leather shit. He just looks awesome. <clears throat> Definitely death metal. And that is Sandy McCallum right there as the president. Kind of, yeah. Is what? The chick in the purple dress has no bra. Chick in the purple dress? Yeah. She has no bra. Oh, yeah, I see that. I didn't know what you were saying, but it was like, she's la bra -rar. I'm like, what? Well, yeah, they showed her, they showed her hot rack earlier, but, you know, with this, this version of the film on Tubi, they don't want you to see titties, so it's, that doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> Just to actually see a rack, I mean, I can, that's why you buy the, that's why you buy physical media, folks, in case you want to see Simone Griffith's rack and Death Race 2000, and you can't, because out of all the movies we've seen on here, and fucking buttholes, and, and fucking titties, you know, that for some reason with this film, they just don't want you to see any of that, so. Kind of pissed me off, you know, it takes away from the <clears throat> the whole thing, you know, it's weird seeing something edited, now I'm not used to it anymore. If I don't watch TV, I watch all these streaming apps and stuff anyway, so. 
I don't have to worry about censoring and stuff, and it's just weird seeing it. But I don't watch my porn censored either. I don't know who does, but I'm sure it's a thing. But just so you guys are aware, the uh, there will be no censoring or bleeping out during the uh, Jeff Combs Dildo Show we have coming for you, so... Just be mindful of that, that you are getting the full, raw, and uncut uh, live show. We will not have it a few seconds back to edit anything, because it's live. It's just going to happen, and whatever happens, that's going to be that. (coughs) But we will have, uh, you know, Dr. West there, and he will be dressed as Frankenstein from Death Race 2000. Not participating, he will just be hosting it uh, dressed like that. And have a rad car to drive around and, and hit people when they're done. Just we get random participants that come and uh, help Jeff, uh, Mr. Combs uh, stick various objects in his gaping asshole. Uh, after they're done, you know, uh, Doctor West will get in his in his alligator car that represents Florida, and he will run run them over. So there you go. There are many ways to run him over. Uh, you can wear a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey, and he will he will run you over. You don't even have to be a part of the show. He will actually draw it. Just if you're a bystander, you know, uh, out even outside of the of the studio while we're live streaming the Stildo show, he will he will just straight up run you over. And he will not be part of the show. You will just be on his death count for the day. And there's another. Uh, Simone Griffith rack shots here and we're at 59 minutes and uh, 4 seconds uh, we can't see it here because it's it's fucking bleeped out like it's goddamn TNT but uh, there is some TNA right here and uh, look pretty good so Mr. Skinless is here for you If it, I'm sorry to say that on the Tubi app it is edited her boobies now David Carradine's about to get get nudie. He's taking off his fucking his leather. Yeah, her her butt cracks edited too. I mean, there's some hot crack on this scene, and I, and I just can't even see it. You know, it's a beautiful shot of it. Might even be a a, a, a cooter shot too. I can't tell. I mean, you just can't. I'm sure there's not, but I mean, she is in the the full nude. Well, he's in his fucking Halford outfit, so I mean. <clears throat> and right now there's no titties, it's just bleeping out her hair. I don't understand that. There's like a, it's, the little bleeps are just getting in the way. I mean, right now he's got his hand in her mouth, it looks like, and there's no, like there's no, you can't see anything. Like I really don't think there's a nipple right this second. I mean, there is now, but they're just not taking away the censoring. It's kind of funny at this point, what it looks like. But yeah, so if you want to see full, full uncensored rack, uh, I can't legitimately say using this app, if you're following along, that uh, you will get that. You will get the full Mr. Skinless. So you're going to have to go online uh, and, and find the stuff. I think I'm going to start doing... <clears throat> is uh, actually on, on the Phantasm website 
maybe start offering the the times of these on there you know mr skinless appearances that way you can look them up and see for yourself on the internet you know i'm not going to post any pictures of it because i don't want to get fucking shut down but i will post the times for you <clears throat> where the nudies happen just in case you run into an edited version like this, and then you have to go find the, the rack for yourself. If it's really that important to you, which I'm sure for a lot of you slobs it is, um, you want to see the, the real the real thing, the uncensored rack, then just, you know, you're going to have to Google it. Simone Griffith, uh, Death Race 2000, tits, or whatever. You're, you can be good at keywords if you found this podcast, so... <coughs> Do your thing, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Find your tits. <clears throat> I'm just telling you what part of the fo- the movie it is. But uh, I, you know, this movie's got a lot of. Uh, oh, these guys just got ran over. There's a lot of beautiful women. There's good actors in this. There's really cool cars. Um, going through the. Uh, factoids of the film the trivia portion it's pretty cool to find out you know a lot of them were Volkswagens and a couple of them were different stuff like Mustangs and you know so they use different cars (coughs) but I see what they're saying where they actually made them look faster because you can tell Um, I'm kind of back right now sorry about that I'm having to kind of wash the battery wash ooh Hopefully I'm not sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher. Ooh. That's not good. Huh, okay. Yeah, this film's like pretty crazy, you know. And of course we're doing subtitles and stuff, so it doesn't seem as... uh, comedic as it would if we had it on, so it's kind of different to judge just based on looking at them. I mean, it's definitely not like a serious movie by any means, but it's it's cool. You know, it's very interesting. Concept's really wacky and fun. And you can tell that these characters, at least, um, you know, the... What's his name? Junior Bruce. He's really wacky and stuff, and it's, it's fun, you know, but... Uh, I really think the Frankenstein character is just actually cool, you know, and, and kind of grounds this movie to not being a full-on comedy, but just a movie that has dark comedy elements to it, because they are just running over people for sport. Um, <coughs> which I think there should be something like that in real life. would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, people that deserve it. Instead of paying tax dollars to keep certain kinds of people in prison, why not just do this, which is I think what they did in the Death Race 2000 remake, it was more of like a prison thing, wasn't it? A Jason Statham thing? Wasn't it like something... Wasn't the Statham Death Race 2000, it wasn't just about running over pedestrians. Like, didn't they have to like... Couldn't they like get out of prison if they won or something like that? No, it was more like a NASCAR race. It really wasn't. It was more like the drivers tried to kill each other, not pedestrians. Yeah, they didn't have, like, people out there. But I thought it had something to do with, like, prison. Like, they could get out of their sentence or something if they won. Or one of the guys had that as a stake. I don't remember. 
I thought it had something to do with like criminals racing, like they were all criminals racing each other in like prison or something. Maybe that was one of the sequels to that remake. I don't know. Could have swore that was a some kind of a concept. Oh, there's a landmine. She's about to run it over. She can't get out. And she's fucking gone. She exploded into nothing. Ran over a landmine. Amazing. So she's toast. Yeah, I keep wanting to call him Machine, but he's <laughs> Frankenstein. He's uh, rocking and rolling, drinking. So I guess that's an energy drink. From what? I wanted to take a second and say something if you're cool. I hope tonight in Toronto, Canada, a nuclear warhead lands on the Philadelphia Flyers and literally just disintegrates all their body parts all over the city and streets of Toronto. Because that's what they deserve. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't going to go there because I saw it. That's why I was like, oh. But, you know. Well, I mean, they were injured Victor Hedman in that game, so, you know. But here's the funny thing is, this is what's so funny to me about it, is none of us would play Columbus. We're either going to play Columbus or Toronto because it hasn't said yet who we're going to play. We're going to play one of the two. I'm not sure who they'll play. But what's funny about it to me is is they're not going to win anything, and this is just a preliminary thing, you know. And I want to also give a big shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights. Now they all get hit with a nuclear warhead as well and kill them. Um, I hope they get splattered all over the fucking streets of Toronto. Um, but the funny thing about it is, is with with sports stuff, I've been fucked for over 20 years on everything that I like so I'm not a good sport about it and I really don't give a fuck I really could care less and you know with all this pandemic stuff I'm glad the sports are back but of course my team's always get fucked so you know they're just playing the as long as as long like I said as long as as the black and gold fly their flag for me this year and take the division Clip the Tom Brady in his career, you know, and in Gronk's career, so I don't have to him anymore, and somebody goes over and just blows fucking Bruce Arians head off with a shotgun, I'm good. Because um, that was Peyton Manning's uh, quarterback coach with the toes. That fucking wart ass. All he ever did was fucking challenge calls. That's all he does. That's all he does is sit there and challenge everything. You can't even watch a fucking game with Bruce Arians as your fucking coach, so fucking <laughs> but yeah, I don't give a fuck who that, those Saints. Can't control what happens in hockey, can't control what happens in basketball, baseball, whatever. Can't control it, whatever. It is what it is. But don't fuck with my New Orleans Saints. That is, that's my main thing. Everything else is just kind of like, eh. Yeah. But I do hope the Avalanche or the Lightning pull out. One of them hopefully gets pretty deep in it. I hope. So who, who would they play? So. <clears throat> who would the Lightning play now? Either Toronto or Columbus. 
Well, if they play Columbus, that's a good thing, because that would be re- uh, them revenge from last year, wouldn't it? And that would be a scenario you yeah. actually, that's a scenario you yeah, actually want. Toronto, we kicked the shit out of Toronto, we played them too. Yeah, that's actually a scenario yeah, you would want. Here's the thing, we did not have no defense in this game. Vasilevsky has games where he switched to the playoffs, whatever it's. It is what it is. It's fucking stupid. I could care less. The Flyers won't get out of the fucking first round, so I'm not even worried about it. They win one game, you know. It's one and done. It's not like, and this is, they're going to have to do a best of seven series with somebody, so, you know. But I hate everything from fucking Philadelphia. The Eagles can go fuck themselves. Flyers can go fuck themselves. The 76ers can go fuck themselves. The Eagles can go fuck themselves. They're in there twice. Flyers can go fuck themselves. They can all go fuck themselves. I don't like anything from there. I lived there for a few years. I'm not a fan. And you know how I feel about it. I'm very vocal about it. <clears throat> but that's fine. Whatever. I mean, like I said, it's a it's a round robin game. You know, it's bullshit. It's just a seeding game. It, they're not out it's of anything. It's bullshit. I mean, Hedman went out in the first period of that game, and what are you gonna do? Whatever. It's all bullshit. You know, I don't care. Whatever. It's it's a it's a it's, it's not an elimination game, so, you know. And like I said, whatever happens with whatever, as long as my Saints are good, I don't care. So, I don't give a shit about anything else. There's nothing I can do about it, you know. I like other teams and other sports and stuff, but, I, uh, There goes that just, car. It no. just exploded. <coughs> There's a bomber taken out. All these cars now. Ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you why bad things happen to me because I was born. And you are just some people that are born are made to suffer, and I am made to suffer. Would be my rebuttal to that. I don't know why that is. It would always be a nice idea to think that that would stop someday, but I guess not. So. Nope. Just gonna keep. But you know who's not suffering? Roger Corman. He had a hell of a career of making really good movies. Made a lot of really good movies. David Carradine loved to suffer because he liked the set of sex, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. He liked to come while somebody was choking him. Another one, I don't know what that is. So. <laughs> and he did. He was uh, unfortunately uh, found in the most probably least dignified way you can be found as a dead body, and uh, it was. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, you know. you're, you're strangling yourself. You can't get out I mean, of it. I, I just never, I personally partook, I, you know, I participated once, but it, it scared me really bad, and then I didn't do it again. So, and then she got really mad and whatever, but, you know, I just, it's just not really something I feel comfortable doing, and, you know. Yeah, it's not worth it. If it's just,
he was a very strange man and, and I've never really seen a lot of people that have worked with him say anything bad about him but they would definitely constantly say how strange he was yeah he's a strange looking man too he is and the great thing would be if they found him in the closet and you know he was dead or whatever but he was wearing the Frankenstein outfit but had his like wiener out no, it'd be a crossless Frankenstein outfit. Yeah. And, and it's, <clears throat> it's completely crossless. That way he's got the butt plug in and the <laughs> yeah, it's assless chaps. Yeah. And he's got the assless back. But I'll tell you know, it's uh, whatever, man. Whatever people are into, you know, whatever. I'm not judging. But it'll be a. <laughs> his name would be. about to put one of those phone poles up his ass, so, you know, it's. <laughs> his name would be Wankenstein. <laughs> David Carradine, it's Wankenstein. <laughs> yeah, man. I think he's doing some freaky shit. I think somebody else that was in the freaky shit. Uh, Margaret Hatches, who I'm a huge fan of, it was the original and only vocalist for In Excess, and he was really into asphyxiation sex, and apparently that's what killed him too, supposedly. Although I think he was murdered by Bob Geldof, really? and Roger Waters' character in the movie The Wall. That's weird. Um, I'm pretty sure he murdered him because he got away with that. Because here's the thing: that guy that's a piece of shit. First of all, mm. um, but his wife and they were divorced was fucking Michael Hutchins. You know, Michael Hutchins was a guy. You know, and he's singer of an excess, great voice, killer guy, Australian, love it. You know, all the all the notches on the belt. You know, he's awesome. And I swear to you, I think Bob Geldof killed him. Because he was. I think he got away with it too. I think Bob Geldof murdered him and got away with it. Because he was uh, freaking his wife. <clears throat> yeah, I really do. And 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 but because he was doing the fixation stuff, all I had to do was go and just you know choke him out and fucking kill him. Right. Makes sense. And he died from from you know getting off when in reality he got killed by that fucking piece of shit. Weird. Yeah, that's very possible. But, you know, I'll tell you something else funny. If you guys, and look, we've had this pay-per-view up for a while. I wanted to tell you a new event that we're going to have. And it's the reason we watched Death Race tonight. I actually have found the alligator car, okay? <laughs> From Death Race 2000. I will be driving it. But I'm not going to be dressed as Frankenstein. I'm going to be dressed as Frankenfurter. That's right. <laughs> it's amazing. Mr. Wrestler reprises Feminine Wilds as I dress as Frankenfurter, Tim Curry's character. Uh, that's Frankenfurter's prime. Rock and Roll Picture Show from 1975. I'm going to dress up, be a sweet transvestite, and then I will drive the alligator car that David Coding drove in Death Race 2000 from 1975, and I'm going to drive it off of a ramp, okay? This is a really big deal. I'm going to drive it off of this ramp. And the ramp, it's kind of something crazy like a Hot Wheels set you had as a kid. Okay? <laughs> like loops and fires and maybe even dragons like on some of the, you know, yeah. Hot Wheels sets used to make when I was little. But what's so special about this is because I'm honoring Death Race 2000 from 75. I'm honoring... Rocky Road Picture Show from 1975. 
that the best part of this is I'm going to drive that car into a target and in the target dressed as Jesus on a crucifix is Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof will finally <laughs> die for the murder of Michael Hutchins. Live on Phantasm. And folks, if that's not enough, I want to also tell you about another amazing thing that's going to happen on the same pay-per-view. Corey Gearcroft, my co-host, will put down his microphone for one night only and dress as his hero, Owen Hart. (laughs) And he will fight in the ring the homophobe Murderer, Mary Gennetti, in a steel cage match. <laughs> Corey Hart versus Mary Gennetti for the Phantasm World Champ Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> no, it should be it's, it should be a fucking special guest referee tonight only, and it's our guest of honor. And he's the, he's the, he is going to be wearing the black and white stripes. Sean Embry will be our guest referee for that match. <laughs> Hell yeah. It should be a lumberjack match with every, like, you know, every uh, gay wrestler. Well, they're going to have to give Jeff Combs and stop making our budget bigger. That's true. Well, I'm saying a lumberjack Good match to make Marty Janine uncomfortable. Because you have dudes grabbing you heard it here, Marty Jannetty in one corner, the, the racist bigot wrestler, <laughs> former Shawn Michaels tag team partner, now gone bigot, gone Klansman against my Jewish brother, <laughs> Corey Hart. Yeah, enough is enough. <laughs> <laughs> That would be pretty and epic. Just to honor this special event, my special announcer is going to be Martin Cove. That's right. Dressed in the Cobra Kai garb. <laughs> and right before I killed Bob Geldof with the alligator car from Death Race 2000 that we're watching right now, Martin Cove is going to say, Sweep the leg, Vincent. Yeah. Sweep the leg. And, and then Bob Gerbach's old 70 year old body was splattered all over <laughs> the alligator car as I'm dressed as Frankenberger. <laughs> and then I'm going to get out of the car and be like, oh, you got caught with a flat bill. How about that? <laughs> and that will be, it's going to be our pay per view. This pay per view, guys, is going to cost so much money, but hey, your funds on Kickstarter. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Is okay. So wait, is is saying Frankenstein? Now that he won the race, is Mister President? Is he actually the president of the United Provinces? That's correct. That's insanity. It's amazing. 
That's what we need. We need a president like uh, Frankenstein here who can just come out in his speeches and he just has that fucking fucking leather outfit on. I would actually be all about that. It would be cool. It would be cool. I would rather vote for Frankenstein. Yeah, me too. I think that would be a little bit more, you know, <coughs> Yeah. Uh, be pretty cool. Anything better than what we have now. Really, I, I would honestly vote for a, a fucking uh, Build-A-Bear than, than what we got now. And there's a American flag on the back of his car. Yeah. The American provinces of the United States of America. That's supposed to be just the United Provinces of America or United Provinces of States. Man, that is a fun movie. It is. It's fantastic. And I guess, uh, I don't know if it's over or not. On mine, it's still going. Oh, okay. So I guess we'll get final thoughts here. Cue the obituary. Final thoughts. It's fun. It's awesome. Uh, the Frankenstein character is amazing. I love David Carradine. It's tragic what happened to him. Uh, I love Simone Griffith. I think she's fucking gorgeous. Uh, it's too bad we saw a fucking edited version of this, so I couldn't see her her fucking her fucking titties. And I'm sorry for everybody that I'll tried to follow along. Next time I see you, I will give you the Blu-ray tomorrow. I mean, it's fine. I'll find you know. I can. I'm, I don't. You need to do a stroke fest. You need to have a death race fantastic I'm not trying to Wankenstein it. I mean, I'm fine. You know, I can look it up if I really needed to, you know, but... No, you can Wankenstein it. You're good. I don't need to borrow your... You don't judge here at Phantasm. I don't need to borrow your Death Race 2000 video. I'm either before or after we record. My favorite time to masturbate is when I have an interview that I don't want to do. I just do it and don't do the interview. <laughs> What's say, hey, man, can I borrow your Death Race 2000? I want to actually see your her boobs so I can whack it you know that's, that's fine no I'm just being silly <laughs> <laughs> you can always look it up online but you know that's it, it's a good movie uh, I think Sylvester Stallone isn't isn't a high point for this film um he just didn't really sell it much I mean it, it's good it's cool to see him in anything really but it's it's not the reason this film's good like don't think that seeing his name is why this film's gonna be good it's good because of David Carradine's character and because Roger Corman's awesome and I think the Paul Bartel guy that made this has actually just made a really good movie and uh it's a fun movie man so let me give let me give you a movie that I like but it's too long and it's not fun you ready? (laughs) yeah Rearball with James Caan it's great I like it but it's too damn slow and and where's that was 2000 just fun. Yeah, it's fun the whole time because they're driving and killing pedestrians the whole time. There's really nothing. I don't know why the Death Race 2000, even though it's like literally that five years different in the making of it, kind of reminds me of Flash Gordon. It does, yeah. It's got a kind of feel to it. Like that. Because he. By the way, Flash Gordon, 1980, is one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. But, anyways. It is. And I met Sam Jones. He was really nice. So, if you ever. This pandemic shit's over, and you see Sam Jones. Definitely go say hey to him. There's a documentary about him on Amazon Prime. Universal just put out a steelbook Blu-ray of that, and then Arrow in two weeks is releasing that 4K. Yep, and there's also regular versions of it, like big, sexy, limited edition, and there's a 4K, and there's a 4K steelbook also. There's like a bunch of different. No, there's no steelbook, but there was a Blu-ray. 
standard edition, not from Hero, from Universal, that they put out uh, like a month ago from Best Buy. Right. Well, I know the Arrow version, they got a few different versions because you can buy the regular one and the regular limited, or you can buy the 4K. There's the red, sexy one, which is really cool. Yeah. And you can get a a hot and sexy one that's 4K also. Spending a little extra bread, but it's it's got the 4K in it. I don't know if it also has the the limited one. The super limited is the one I ordered. I shouldn't have ordered it, but I did. I don't care. No, I yeah, have it's, it. It's, it's I love that movie. I always have some theater where the soundtrack used to have the white with the red shirt on it. When I was a kid, I loved it. Maybe. But yeah, Deathly's 2000 Rules. Uh, Cash Gordon Rules. Check it out, too. Uh, good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, it's classic, too. This is classic uh, Carradine. And, um, yeah, it's just good. Classic. Right, is going to be our guest referee, Matty Gennady. Racist, murderer, drug addict, brilliant, versus Jewish Clover Christ. <laughs> Metropolitan fan. Damn right. And I've got a surprise for Corey. He doesn't know this. Mr. Matt is going to be there in his corner, too, on the ground, <laughs> with his manager cheering him on. It's amazing. That's the Mets' little baseball guy with legs and arms. It's been Corey's favorite thing except Slimer since he was small. And he's going to be there pulling for him and maybe even throw a chair up there so he can finish off Marty Gennetti. <laughs> but don't forget the high show at the beginning for the vengeance. For the vengeance of the late, great Michael Hutch's in excess amazing vocal that I liked since I was a kid. I don't care if it's metal or not, I love That's not a joke. I will take my bloodless wife as I dress as Frankenfurter once again. <laughs> I dress the Frankenstein car from Death Race 201975 through his Jesus impaired body. <laughs> as my go goes strap. And then right when my car hits me, it goes, <laughs> no, please, no, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting, and it's uh, preceding the uh, Jeff Combs Dildo Show, which we're preparing for you currently, and it's going to be a fantastic uh, evening of just... He's going to be doing several shows that night if his asshole can handle it. <laughs> it's going to be a, a fun night of debauchery. Uh, it's all ages, too, so if you want, you know, uh, I wouldn't advise it, but we are opening it to the public. It's your decision if you want to be a horrible parent or not. Your um, discretion is advised. If you bring your kids, you will still be turned away from the door. But uh, we are making it all ages to, just to weed out people to put in the Phantasm Death Race as pedestrians. So, Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of fun. But uh, <laughs> Politics versus the erection. Venomous concept. Our friend Shane Embry. Album comes out August 28th on Season of Mist going to be exciting uh, and also you'd be on the lookout because September 18th on Century Media Throws of Joy and the Jaws of Defeatism New Napalm Death just sounding pretty raunchy already uh, apparently there's a lot of experimentation on this record looking forward to it very much uh, they said it was a lot more of a 
punk style record, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Napalm Death never disappoints. Um, yeah, Shane's a busy hey, guy. Be sure, be sure to pick up all your Sierra Mist products over at SierraMistGreatBeverage.com. Is that even a beverage anymore? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the label. Shane's new album's going to be on Sierra Mist Records. Um, <laughs> and you can also get anything from Sierra Mist Records. <laughs> 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 At our, at our amazing event, again, where I will be dressed as Frank and Furter. Yeah, we're going to... Magical Hatches Street Singer of NXS Live, as I drive, the Spurts, Alligator Sunday, and from Death Race 2019 2075 through his Jesus Dressed Up Body at Bad Girl's Office, he splatters. We'd like to announce that Sierra Mist is our official drink of the Jeff Combs Dildo Show and Beyond, any Phantasm uh, live event, you can get the, the flat... <laughs> the Sierra Mist is, you know, it, you know if you want to know, the, just Mist the crisp, the crisp, refreshing taste of Sierra Mist and its flat, fucking moose piss consistency. It's just fantastic, and we think for you guys, it's a perfect uh, partnership uh, for this event and, and any event beyond. You can always, uh, you know, drink proudly and with your with your Sierra piss. No, you can you, you know go over to SierraMistRegularLabel.com <laughs> and check out all the lemon lime bands, you know, and also sugar free bands. Yep, there are a couple that are. If you if you get Sierra Mist Record Label Zero, <laughs> which is usually what we get when we ask for content from Sierra Mist, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> We're good here at Fantasm. We're good. We got, again, Clay Hart. My friend, Jewish man, America. It's Marty Jannetty, Steel Cage. Versus Marty Jannetty. The bigot. <laughs> the bigot murderer. I'm answering the fans tonight. It's Ellen Asell. Nice. And it's, it's against an actual uh, bigot murderer, Marty Jannetty. <laughs> And the heads are gonna roll express. <laughs> Correct. Throw you so, in a you know, throw you in a uh, <laughs> throw you in a river express. And and you know and a lot of people didn't want to know you know or were, were wondering what your finisher was. And I know that it's not a bigot drop. Now it's gonna be a pile driver, so he has to have his face shoved into my fucking pecker while I fucking drive his head into the mat. Tell everybody about this. You know you're 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 kind of shy about it but I'm going to tell him what it is it's, a, it's Oliver's is the Jake the Snake Roberts DDT but it's it's called the Bigot Drop and he just did just DDTs and threw that steel cage now I'm going to I'm going to take off my because I'm going to be dressed just like Owen Hart I'm going to take off my uh, my outfit my ring attire to where I'm fully nude and just wearing a jock strap and I'm going to fucking pile drive him with my fucking sweaty asshole right near his face <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to be oiled up, so every time he tries to now, grab me, I'll slide around. This, this is also another huge thing for Gutty Marty Gennetti fans out there. He will be doing a signing afterwards. Uh, he's also doing, a, he's going to do a Q&A session about the guy he killed. Yep, um, and, and if you bring, uh, it's, 
if you bring uh, uh, any like Klansman hood or uh, Nazi flag or regalia, he will sign it for free. <laughs> he will, and then, and then if you have a problem with Marty Jannetty, he'll just he'll just he'll he, he's going to be his his handler at the convention is going to be our speed dash lookalike. He'll just tell you to fuck off. Yeah, and also you just got to be careful because uh, if if you try to touch Marty Jannetty in any way to make him uncomfortable. Uh, he will follow you all the way home and try to kill you. He will. I mean, he'll talk about it on our podcast in about a month. Yeah, he's, you know, he's got to be careful of Mario Gennetti because, I mean, he's... And there's another thing we, we wanted to ask to advertise for Marty Gennetti on here. If he is advertising right now. This is this is for 24 hours only. If you give him a 12-pack of Natty Daddy... He will take out anyone you want. <laughs> With nothing but swim trunks. of Natty Daddy. Oh, he's going to do it. High alcohol, natural life. And he will murder somebody in his swim trunks, and that's all he's wearing. Not even shoes or flip-flops. He will just fucking drunkenly attack somebody for you. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about, this is also, this is only for our VIP gold members. After the match of Manny Gennetti, the legend wrestler, bigot murderer, versus <laughs> Corey Hart, my co-host, Jewish New York American Metropolitan fan, winner take all, whoever wins, it doesn't matter, after the match for our gold members only, you will get to finally see Grim Grocer strip down nude and take on Marty Gennetti in, in, in a Vaseline red down. <laughs> Marty Gen- 60, the stipulation is that Marty Jannetty will be handcuffed and with a ball gag so he can't complain or fucking get away. <laughs> right, because it's been a minute since Grim Grocer's had any and he's ready to have Marty Jannetty just for y'all's being pleasure for our gold members. Yeah, he's going to see that ass and he's going to just go to town and you know he's just ready to release his seat in any kind of willing hole. Or I'm he's eating Marty's ass like he's eating KFC on Sunday. <laughs> he's eating that fucking <laughs> fucking whatever yeah, party bowl. Also, let everyone know that this is another uh, another thing that's going to be happening only for our gold members. Because and this was a suggestion from Corey that he had asked me if I would do this. I will be meeting and greeting fans dressed as Colonel Sanders. <laughs> So, and now listen, and that got popular demand, and I didn't think he was going to do it. Corey will be dressed as Ronald McDonald. <laughs> um, and we will be there. Uh, uh, Terry Coach does our video game reviews, is going to be dressed as Mario. <laughs> so, you can feel free to just walk up and just hit him in his gut as hard as you want. <laughs> it's going to be like Phantasm um, Disneyland for you. Except there's going to be. Great. Except, you know. It's you, great. So you've got, you got, you know, Claire, Claire McDonald. And then, just to, just because I think it's just perfect and creepy enough, Richard Fucker will be there dressed as the Burger King King, except he's going to be in a trench coat only. No, and he will fuck you. He will. <laughs> With the he crown will. on and that fucking neck. Marginetti will kill you. So. Yeah, Marginetti will just actually kill you. And, uh. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's going to be like... Every time we were clear, we're going to tell you about the new stuff we've got going on. Do not forget about my highlight event. I, Dr. Vincent West, will be dressed as A.K.A. Frank and Furter, Tim Curry's iconic character from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I will be driving the green 
alligator car from Death Race 2000, 1975, that we just watched in this episode, through the body of Bob Garbos, the guy that murdered Michael Hutchins, in my opinion, I can't prove it, but I don't care, but I'll be killing him as he's dressed as Jesus, and I impale his body with my car, and then it, it literally cuts right into the second half of uh, the wall, so... <laughs> We do work on it. Billy Jim <laughs> just aggressively bricking his mouth. <laughs> and for our platinum members, you get to you get to pick the brick. Yep. Uh, if you want him to brick in yep. Grocer's ass, he will. Yep, pick. If you want him to brick all over Grim Grocer's hairy rectum and ass hair, <laughs> whatever you want. And it's called pick the brick. <laughs> yeah, pick the brick. <laughs> you want him to see him. Come over, Grim Grocer's. He had a couple of problems with us, but we did also give him a thousand dollars. Um, he will be there, and he's going to be fully erect and ready to fuck. His <laughs> crotchless ring attire. <laughs> so, he's going to take. We're planning a special event. This is going to be a lot of fun, and of course, during that, this is another thing. Playing the. Then gets fucked. Fly the bumblebee. Yeah. We go all out at Phantasm. None of our guests were paid more than a thousand dollars. You know. Yeah, we got a budget here. I think Jeff Combs agent for this for helping us organize this amazing festival. You know, he asked me the other day, I was like, is it too much having, having Grim Grocer get fucked by Hillbilly Jim on live TV? And he's like, well, you just, you just tell them to do it and then let me know what you think. <laughs> Sit from my iPad. Yep, so, you know, it's like, well, hey, you don't have to watch it. Yeah, he said to do whatever. I was like, well, we gave him a thousand bucks for his time. So, what is it worth to you guys? You know, so, so what it was worth to us to see Grim Grocer get fucked by a crapsless ring and tired fucking Hillbilly Jim, you know? (laughs) And watching Bob Gilbert pay for his sins against, against, uh, Michael Hatches, you know? So. (laughs) And here's the thing Jeff Combs' asshole was going to get stretched out, Bob Gilbert was going to (laughs) die. Probably going to uh, probably Alcatraz. 
would imagine something like <laughs> Albatross that there was in there, so. <laughs> oh, I, I forget the other one now. I messed up the joke, but. It's cool because there's some 50 year old bitch that was stacking me, so she can fucking. Get us if she lives out in the bay, or she can fucking swim her fat ass out there and break us out. Yep, she'll just like you know. She, well, she'll we'll she put. She'll get ready for the fucking bears with fucking fried eggs and hot sauce on it. Just eat through them fucking bears and get me out. Eat, eat like a fucking beaver. <laughs> Wheelchair fucker's gonna put him put her on a fucking crane with like a harness, and she's just gonna wrecking ball a fucking hole in <laughs> Alcatraz. We'll just get out. So we can get out. Comic book style, just fucking. Ram her exactly fucking like fat ass Rockers right through the wall. Yeah. It was Rikers Island, but either way it's... Rikers Island, Island, that's right. Yeah. That works, though. I like it. Rikers Island's dope. Yep, and when we get yeah. out, Ted Nugent's playing a, a non-COVID-friendly concert. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, there's a lot of people attending. Uh, it will be socially distanced, uh, but, we, you know... There's not going to be a limit on what Jeff Combs shoves up his ass. We're going to leave that up to him. Yeah, right. and, 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 you know, and those are inanimate objects. Now, we are riding kind of a fine line, but I, I did want to let you all know, only for our platinum members, you will get to see Hillbilly Jim in his ring attire that's crotchless and his old bag hanging into his sack <laughs> into Grimgrocer's tight fucking uh, elderly anus. And... <laughs> And, you know, the, the great thing about that is we're, we're doing, and, and a lot of people are not going to understand this, but this is this is only, again, for our Platinum members. Right. After Hillbilly Jim starts his autograph session, we are going to offer another session where Glenn Grocer is dressed as Freddie Mercury and you can just go over and piss in his face. <laughs> Yeah, we have to keep Marty Gennetti separated from all this because, of course, he will try to kill everyone in the building, so we got to keep him away. Uh, but in the meantime, there will be a double event. If you don't want to attend that, if it's too raunchy for you, uh, you can go to uh, Marty Gennetti's cross-burning across the street at the gazebo area. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to attend that one instead, if the, if the Grim Grocer match is too raunchy for you or the Freddie Mercury... Uh, uh, <laughs> the pee, par- pee party is too much for you, or the you know, you can go to the Marty Gennetti cross burning instead. It's across the street at the gazebo area. And look, I just got confirmation on this from Jeff Combs' manager. He just asked me, he's like, Well, what do you think you should do? So I'm going to tell y'all what I think I should do. Again, this is only for our platinum members. Watch Marty Gennetti take it straight up his asshole. From the Danish down as wheelchair fucker dresses up as hamburger and fucks Marty Gennetti. <laughs> well, Marty Gennetti is forced to eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> it could do it uh, a <laughs> human centipede style where he's forced to eat it out of another man's ass. That would actually be. <laughs> like, he's being force fed through another guy's fucking hairy asshole. When you watch, when you watch that fucking long human man sack smack against. <laughs> We're pretty sure that that Danish dong's gonna fuck the racist right out of Marty. Marty's gonna be black. He's gonna feel like a rocker when he's done. Yeah, he's not gonna be gagging on that cheeseburger from <laughs> from because it's from a guy's ass in front of him. He's gonna be gagging on that cheeseburger because fucking <laughs> wheelchair fucker's long dong is poking his uvula from his fucking ass. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be it's going to be one spectacular stop. And, and don't forget also to stop by. You know, we didn't we, we, we forgot all about this. Corey mentioned it last time. I don't want y'all to forget to stop by Food Lion for all your grocery needs. Yes, there will be the <laughs> the wonderful Food Lion pop up uh, shop uh, once in a lifetime <laughs> experience. David Cronenberg. I mean, you can't. So if you want to have an authentic food line experience, you know, you can go You can go to our manager's special section where every meat's expiring on the day that you get there, so you have to eat it immediately, otherwise it'll go bad. <laughs> and then you'll turn into a fucking cockroach in the parking lot. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> oh, yeah, God. And uh, you could also have, if you if you always want it, we also are selling the the Sierra Mist there, of course, exclusively with our partnership with Sierra Mist Records. So, you know, you can have your Sierra Mist Light and your Sierra Mist Sugar Free and your Diet Sierra Mist, and you know, all all that is exclusively going to be sold at, uh, sold at our Food Lion Pop Up Shop, and you know, there'll be exclusive uh, um, collectible. Uh, you know, bottles and cans for you guys to take home with you. And again, look, I just got confirmation on this. This again, this is going to be for our gold members. So this is this is not for anybody but the gold members. Um, we we have just now come to see that this is. This, I can't believe this is actually going to happen. Somebody's definitely going to be coming. <laughs> we just found out that Craig Shepper is going to get actually get the fuck Marty Janetti too for yeah. our gold members. After you watch, yeah, Boone. And I was going to be wearing the leather jacket and fucking tapping, tapping Marty Jannetty's fucking racist, murdering ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, of course, gold members only. And then, you know, if you're if you're part of the acting class with Craig, you're going to get to come down because you're going to get to do all this stuff for free. And then Craig will have you shout out lines to him while he's fucking Marty Jannetty's hot <laughs> rocker '80s ass. <laughs> and of course, you know the Food Lion pop up shop wouldn't be happening unless it was a, you know, the authentic Craig Schaefer experience where you get to go behind a dumpster and have him blow you for twenty five cents <laughs> for the cheeseburger. <laughs> Cheeseburger. special event night seed <laughs> and also if you, if you want to do the Craig Shepard meet and greet hand job just bring a six pack of Natty Daddy 
and a, and a quarter uh, pounder. Next year, next year, relax a little bit, and then uh, if, if you're one of our, or if you're one of our gold members, you will get a gold shower from Craig. He will pee, he will pee that natty daddy right all over you as soon as he's quenched his thirst. And for, and for platinum members, you can actually get another uh, add-on experience to your to your night where you can have. Uh, the manager of, of our food line pop-up shop, David Cronenberg, with the Deckard mask on, uh, cuck-holding in the corner as uh, Marty Jannetty is taking Craig's uh, fucking, <laughs> fucking ween into his buttons hole. <laughs> All with the platinum members. platinum exclusive members that donated to all of our other different causes to help make this happen. Right, our Kickstarter friends. We're going to have Jeff cuck holding in the corner without a beer, though, just jerking off. <laughs> you know, and I asked his manager, he's like, well, I mean, what do you think his time's worth? And I was like, well, I just want him jerking off in the corner. With a butt plug in. We're going to have Craig dressed up as the, as the fly character from the Cronenberg 86 film and David fucks his own fly creation. <laughs> Yeah. And then David's going to turn, thanks to the <coughs> special effects of our special effects creator, Tom Savini, he's going to spare you with his, his green flash bomb. <laughs> While uh, Jeff Combs is in the corner cuckolding with a Gina Davis wig. He's <laughs> 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 got that big fucking... Yeah, yeah. Out with. to make all this happen, and you know, <laughs> unfortunately, and you know, this is this is this is a very this is a very you know, you know, it's one of those unfortunate things that happens and, and whatnot. But we weren't able to get you know a lot of the guests that we wanted, so we had lookalikes. Yeah, we got doppelgangers. So, <laughs> so we've got some of your favorite horror icons. And we've actually brought them back to life for this event. A lot of people know years ago the cook passed away uh, from Texas Chainsaw Master. And Texas Chainsaw Master, we've been following this podcast since 2016. It's one of my favorite films. So I found a homeless man down at the shelter <laughs> that looks like the cook. We're going to have him there taking photos. Um, and then my favorite part of the night for our Texas Chainsaw Master fans. It's a very special event. And what we're going to do, because he annoyed the fuck out of me so much in the film, we're going to dress Killer Coach as Franklin, and you get to push Franklin down a set of stairs in a wheelchair. <laughs> and, and we're going to put a helmet on him and whatnot, but we're going to put like a big furry wig, and he's just going to sit there and complain to you. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm for sure that vampires are not sorry. So you can't handle it anymore, and you just push Killer Coach, dressed as Franklin, at the character of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, push him down a spot of fucking stairs. <laughs> God We're excited yeah. to have that. Yeah. That's just a fun event for kids, you know? If you're bored during the day and you just spread out hurting a handicapped person, you can push Killer <laughs> Coach down a set of stairs, dressed as Franklin. <laughs> Members, you get to actually have Tom Savini half ass 
half-assed, even though you're nothing new to this film, they're going to have him half-assed some special effects, and you can actually kill Killer Coach like the handicapped guy from Friday the 13th Part 2 by throwing a fucking machete at his head. <laughs> they're rolling down the stairs. Yeah, and then he also gets to thunder on the fucking stairs again. Now, there's two different sets of stairs we've got our Texas Chainsaw Master, which is supposed to be like a hero, but we got Chiba instead of stairs. And then the other one is just going to be literally a set of stairs, like in part two, Friday Yeah, and instead of, uh, instead of the rain effects, we're just going to have wheelchair fucker pissing off of a railing of <laughs> the pee. Correct. <laughs> uh, probably just maybe up there laughing with a garden hose, but whatever, you know, whatever, we'll make it as legit as we possibly can. Maybe we'll, do a, maybe we'll do a super soaker show, and we'll also have Marty Jannetty there. He can get super soakered by Chippendale dancers. And, uh, you know, we could have a Chippendale dancer wet t-shirt contest for Marty Jannetty. Uh, we're going to center this around his birthday, so he just has a great time. And uh, he's, he's just going to be really happy about it. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is something <coughs> very special that we worked long and hard to get on this podcast, okay? And, you know, a lot of people thought it was tasteless. You know, a lot of people thought it was rude, but I'm really excited to announce this. Okay, this is this is a this is a really big thing for me and Corey. It's not going to mean a whole lot to you guys because you don't know the situation, but we're real excited about this. We have got the tour manager from Guar, and what we're doing with him, we have him in Town Square, and you can throw any type of weapon you want at him. <laughs> we're going to have pieces of rock brick granite ice like sharp ice anything that you want full cans of beer bottled, bottled beer anything that you want and all that we ask on the beer is, is please consume it before you toss it and course to a manager um and if you have to, anything you want to do I mean you want to walk up to him and just stab him in the leg with a fucking pocket knife you're carrying do it. <laughs> and if you, you want to walk up and just nut shot him as hard as you can because you're just having a really bad year because of this fucking virus do it yeah, and if uh, we also advise you if you finish that beer to uh, make sure you <laughs> if you have to urinate you just piss on his face <laughs> yeah feel free feel free anything that you want <laughs> and we're so happy to have him on here, you know, because he's such an arrogant cocksucker, you know. He, he, he's worked for corn and slipknot. You know, he's, he's a big deal to us here in the death metal community. So we wanted to pose him back by having all our fans abuse him as much as humanly fucking possible. You want to look up and write his drawers on fire? Do it. I don't fucking care. Anything you want to do, you want to rock up and just fucking hit him across the face with a fucking crowbar? Do it. <laughs> I may even have cooked from crowbar, even though we've never had him on his podcast show, and just hit him wearing a Saints jersey, hit him across the face with a crowbar. <laughs> you never know what we'll do here at Phantasm. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shandy. Uh, is a great guy. Uh, we've got to interview him and, and, and meet him several times. He's a wonderful man. I love talking to him. All jokes aside, he's awesome. He is, however, though, 
I kind of got to go back into this. He is going to be the special guest referee as Corey <laughs> takes on Marty Jannetty in a hell in a cell for the Phantasm Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward it to is. it. Well, you know, I'm excited. I'm also a little nervous. You know, it'll be my first wrestling match and not really in the best of shape. You know, I just turned 30, so I feel, you know, like I really need to prove myself. So, Marginetti is an old, you know, an old bigot, so I think I have an advantage over him, you know, but uh, maybe do a couple little low blows here and there, Ric Flair style. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to reveal my whole strategy here, but Marginetti definitely has something coming. I'm just uh, working on it there. Yeah, there's no escaping the hell in the cell. There will be barbed wire wrapped around it. So uh, there's no way out. There's one way in. <coughs> yeah, this is thing that I wanted to mention. I thought this was also extremely cool. Um, we are going to have an exclusive bus tour to the Amityville house, the real house in Amityville, New York. This is for our grand prize winner, um, and you're going to have two special guests show you the Amityville house. One is legendary comedian David Spade, <laughs> and his and his bus driver and our dear friend Terrence Hobbs will also be there. <laughs> That's for our grand prize winner. We want you to take a uh, take a toke on the token bus. <laughs> and poke it on down to Amityville House and piss off the and, locals <clears throat> yep and, and and everybody was like man I can't believe y'all got David Spade but I mean David Spade if you have seen any of his recent movies on straight to Netflix it was really easy to get David it was actually cheaper than what we're paying Jeff Combs <laughs> so you know Terrence is a dear friend Terrence is in it because we love Terrence we love the tea and we love the suffocation but that's a small side thing. That's our dear friend. He goes where we go. If we're in New York, we love the parents. Now, David Spade, we're cheap. Cheaper than anything we pay Jeff to do with his asshole. <laughs> um, we got David Spade. Because, I mean, let's be honest. David Spade, Chris Barry, that David Spade's clear went in the toilet. You know, so, I mean, I, I, I didn't really want to kind of add him with this, but all we had to do was take David Spade to Pizza Hut and get him the, <laughs> the pizza with the cheese and the crust. <laughs> and he did it. He said he would host our Amityville, took it to the tour, Amityville bus tour. And that's all we had to do was get him a stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. I couldn't believe it. Um, blew me away. I couldn't believe that he actually did it. And he was like, you guys want me to do like some of my jokes from Tommy Boy or Black Sheep? And I'm like, yeah, man, I guess. Just don't do any jokes from your net, straight to Netflix stuff you do with Adam Sandler because it's awful. Now, for a you special know? extra cost, uh, which we had to give him another, you know, uh, we had to give him another pizza from Pizza Hut for <laughs> he will be dressed in the Joe Dirt mullet on. <laughs> Upon request, he will have it. <laughs> he will have it with him. <laughs> crackle star. We got him dressed as Joe 
goat. In front of the Amityville house. Look <laughs> <laughs> with Terrence, and he also has a Joe Dirt mullet wig on. <laughs> Just imagine, I mean, just for a, just for a, (laughs) no cost to you as a gold member of Phantasm, you can have a photo op, token bus tour with Terrence Hobbs suffocation, and crackle star movie, movie star David Spade, both in Joe Dirt mullets in front of the Amityville Horror House. (laughs) (laughs) It's our gift to you. And we, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience. This whole thing is going to be just a monstrous event. I mean, you know, fuck the fuck the week before WrestleMania fan access bullshit. This is going to be Phantasm. We're going to have Jeff Combs with dildos up his asshole. You know, we're going to have Marty Jannetty getting the shit beat out of him by me, <laughs> dressed his own heart. <laughs> Grim Grocer is going to take it in the ass several times uh, that night. And, you know, there'll be so much more. You know, Shane, Shane, our dear friend, uh, you'll hear on here shortly, is, you know, he's going to be a special referee, maybe a couple matches, you know. Um, we'll definitely got him for your match. Yep, and he, he will also, if you fuck with me, uh, any fans or Marty Jannetty, he will have Mr. Sacco on. So he will fucking mandible claw you if you uh, try to get too close or do something illegal during the match. <laughs> So just be on the lookout for that, because Shane's not fucking around. And if you fuck with Shane, we will have another enforcer as well, which will not be revealed at this time. Correct. And that that's something you really don't want to deal with. But, you know, we do want fans to have a good time and do what they want, but, you know, you can piss on people's faces, especially Groom Grocer dressed as Freddie Mercury. You can pee right on that fucking stash. Or, you know, you can... Um, you can go <laughs> Molotov cocktail the, the manager Do what? So you can go uh, to our Times Square pop-up uh, section and you can uh, Molotov cocktail the <laughs> manager of Guar. Now don't worry, we, we will we will put them out immediately. We have a fire team, you know, on call and rescue team. So you know, we don't want anything bad to happen. The you know we want them to keep going. We want them to uh, you know have as many people as possible participate. We don't want to just go out too fast. We want everybody that's attending, especially our gold and platinum members, to all have a chance to to participate in the event and not just have them go up. And- Okay, but it's not, you know we don't want we don't want them to go up in flames, uh, you know, immediately, and then it's just over, and uh, you have this line of like hundred or more people, or maybe hundreds of people, that didn't get the chance to, um, you know, uh, get a chance to set him on fire themselves and all that. Doctor West, we never want him to stop burning. Right, so you know, somebody could probably probably just go ahead, and if they could legally, they can just straight up second person up can just throw a cocktail and, and his fucking right bust right in his face. <laughs> he gets set on fire. We just don't want that, you know. 
we'll want to go for quite a while and have everybody a chance to participate. So, you know, you can do that. Um, there's a lot going on, but, you know, we do have uh, safety. You know, we want everyone to be safe at the same time, just not him, but, you know, generally safe so that he can get plenty of time to get knocked around by fan, you know, fans. And another guy, you know, we, I don't want to leave Gore's tour manager out. One of our alumni of the most horrible people that we've ever had on Phantasm. And I'm so excited to announce him tonight. And we can't say his name for legal reasons, but I will, I will tell you his name that I've named him for this event, and hopefully you can figure it out. This self-righteous cocksucker needs no introduction, okay? <laughs> okay so our platinum members only. You're going to get to watch David Cronenberg's 80-year-old asshole get stuffed by Aspil. <laughs> and Aspil loves to fucking shove dicks in things as much as he loves to shove dicks in his own mouth. He can't shut up about talking about his own crap bands and his crap projects. But I'm going to tell you what, you're going to get to see, if you're a platinum member, Aspil is going to fill up David Cronenberg's asshole. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on you'll see a lot when you're walking around if you're just trying to hit up the vendors and the and you know the the fucking pizza huts we got for you <laughs> I've also just got confirmation from Jeffrey Combs tour manager sent to my LG prepaid phone from his iPhone in California and we do have confirmation that Killer Coach will be dressed as Grimace the entire time <laughs> Yeah, you know, that'll be specially timed events, and, you know, we'll, we'll have an app running at this point. If you guys want to get pleasured, I, I do want to tell you that Killer Coach hasn't had any in a while, and he will be more than happy to empty his, his unmarried sack into your hole <laughs> in that Grimace outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a good time, you know, and it's gonna be very cheap, and you know, it's gonna be live. If you guys aren't actually a part of it, we'd highly advise you for this week-long event full of pay-per-view live events filming to uh, actually attend it. Cause it's gonna be a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and we're gonna do our best to keep social distancing a thing, and then to wear your masks, but. You don't have to wear your mask while you're uh, participating in any sex acts or, uh, you know, you, you don't have to wear one for those. <clears throat> so, we will hose you down in sanitizer when you're done, if you like. There are showers, and there's, the showers are just replaced with just sanitizing gel. So, instead of just getting water, you're just getting completely doused and mainly like 90% alcohol solution. So. Yeah, and like I said, as soon as you're done with Grimace, we would appreciate if you're done fucking to rub hand sanitizer in his pee hole. Because <laughs> we don't want any, we don't know where Grimace has been, so we need you to keep that pee hole clean. Yeah. Um, now, the only person we're not worried about sanitary with, we're worried about your health, but not his is the tour manager of war. Feel free again to throw urine on him, <laughs> shit, coal, you know, if there lumps of coal out him, that's fine, rocks, but whatever you want, you know, we're good with that. 
Yeah, we will have bags. Food, food, eggs, you know. We will have bags. I will have, uh, I will have, I will have some thrilling, ninja thrilling stars with everyone. We'll be left with those on the hand. Yeah, you can borrow a, so, if for, a, 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 for a small price, you can actually borrow. You'll have to give them back, and, and you know we'll worry about the sanitizing part. You can borrow some of uh, Jeffrey Combs' dildos that'll be used in a in a future auction. His used dildos that he's been using on his ass all all, all weekend, and you can throw them directly at his face. <clears throat> right, and, and, and like Corey said when we talked about it earlier, a dildo for a dildo. Right. <laughs> so. You know, you do have to give those back because we are going to uh, give those away in an auction uh, slash telethon style event during the pay-per-view, so we'll definitely need those back, but it's just an extra, you know, that actually degrades the value by having, uh, even being touched by that fat prick's face, but what we're going to do is after he gets hit with it, we immediately toss it to Jeff Combs and he's just going to shove the dildo in his ass right in front of him. So that way we know the authenticity is that once it reached that... I mean, Corey's not to let the cat out the back, but Gore's tour manager is Jeff Combs' camp. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but in order to make it authentic again, you know, he has to put it directly back into his asshole. So there's no time in between borrowing, throwing at the tour manager's face, and then Jeff Combs receiving the dildo. He not only has to receive it, he has to receive it in his anus again right after that happens. So we're only going to allot so many of them at a time, so we don't want to tire his asshole during that when he has an actual event that we paid him $1,000 for to just do it on rapid succession, but you know, we want to make sure he's not tiring out his asshole and wasting his time on his, you know, on the, on the tour manager when he can be doing it uh, you know, the way he's actually paid to do it, so, it was just an extra thing, it, it maybe will allot two or three dildos, so it's a very special price, and it's a very generous offer, so whoever wants to do that, instead of maybe stabbing him, or, you know, uh, smacking him with a sack full of, uh, concrete, <laughs> you know, you can, uh, you can just throw the dildos at him instead, but it will be a little costly compared to what you're... Yeah, you can throw the concrete, but you can also pick up the entire sack full and just uh, sling it at his head, I mean, if you want. There's no real rules to what you can throw at him, or, you know, we just don't want you to kill him immediately because you want everyone to get a chance to uh, torture and humiliate him, like he did me. So, you know, this is the best way to do it, and it gives the public a way to get out their frustrations and aggression with this virus, so you can just take it out on somebody who... Uh, gets his frustrations out on people that don't deserve it every day of his life, so uh, it's time we gave it back, and you know, it'll be a lot of fun for the fans, and people that will never even know who the fuck this guy is, and you know, he thinks he's important, but in reality, he's just gonna be having people throw random shit at him for at least an hour and a half, two hours straight. <coughs> so it'll be a lot of fun, there's a lot of activities to do, a lot of once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, our food line pop up. I'm so excited about it, and, and Craig Schaefer was such a good sport to come out there and and do his natural habitat and, and you know be giving hand jobs for cheeseburgers out back of the of the pop up, just like in real life. So it's gonna be very exciting. And <laughs> so 
Yeah, it's going to be a lot of good fun. Very excited about it. Uh, just be on the lookout. As you know, each episode we keep doing, we're going to be uh, unveiling more and more stuff about this. It's going to be a little while before it. It you know. It's it's in the making. It's happening. Just be on the lookout for it, and uh, you know we look forward to it. But again, we want to we do on a serious note want to thank Shane for coming on, and uh, you're about to hear the interview with him. We talk about uh, politics versus the erection venomous concept comes on August 28th on Sierra Mist Records, <laughs> and then we got. Uh, you know, also be on the lookout. We probably have him on again. It would be very exciting to do that. Um, we've got Throws of Joy and the Jaws of Defeatism. That's Napalm Death's new record. It comes out September 18th on Century Media. So we're looking forward to that as well. So uh, hopefully have him back on to talk about that one. Um, very excited about it. So, yeah. We thank you guys very much for tuning in. Um if you guys want to follow along with us each each time, uh, download the 2B app. That's how our last bunch of episodes have been operating for the COVID-19 era of Phantasm. So follow along with us while you can. You know, so you don't have to buy shit or collect anything. Just download the app for free. Um, as soon as you hear what the fuck is up, or in this case with this episode, welcome to the <laughs> Jeff Combs Dildo Show, uh, you press play, and that's when we press play. It's as soon as... As soon as you hear what the fuck is up. So, check it out. Enjoy it. Have fun. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, stay fucking gory. What's up, man? Yeah, however you want to do it, man. It's cool. I just had the voice thing on. I, I just woke up, so I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this I've seen myself staring back at me. Where are you this fucking thing um, I can't thank you enough for doing this, Shane. I'm sorry. I, we kept trying to set it up through the girl, and she kept... Oh, you have to talk to Kevin. I'm like, I want to talk to Shane. I don't want to talk to Kevin. <laughs> it's like... No, it's no, it's no, it's no problem, man. It, it's... Uh, well, not just with everything that's going on, um, just uh, just the chaos of life at the moment, being a family man, and um, we recently moved, and uh, well, I say a few months ago. How'd that go? It's just, um, it's okay, it's just that to, to move to the better area, better, better area for schools, it was, um, we're renting our other house out, it's kind of strange, I tore my ass off for 10 years to pay this fucking house off, you know. I bet. And anyway, and then we had like a second uh, child, and, uh, which is great. Congratulations, but, man. But the wife was just, uh, well, you know, and then the blah, blah, blah. And, oh, yeah, okay. So, and, uh, so just moving and then getting it ready to rent out, which things like, you know, just, I'm good at playing music, mate, mate. The real life stuff, I tend to <laughs> <laughs> find, find a bit difficult at times. But there you go. Yeah. Well, it's it's cool. I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us, man. We I, I'm not sure if you remember me and Corey. We've interviewed you a few times, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I do. Yes, I do. I think I do. We first first time was at the masquerade at the old location. That's uh, right, man. I remember you. And then yeah. and then we didn't get to interview, but we hung out with you for a few minutes after the Brahiria show. That's um, right. Yeah. And then. 
And then we had some stuff set up, and then back in 18 when you all were doing stuff with Slayer, and we weren't able to make it to that because I was in fucking jail, so that's a whole other fun story, but... Yeah. Indeed, sir. Indeed. But yeah, uh, I figure if you're cool that we'll go through this uh, Venomous Concept record, I'm going to do the track by track with you and we'll just talk a little bit about it. Sure. Awesome. We'll get going right now. I'm going to introduce you and we will get going. So I remember the track titles of the track. <laughs> I've got all this stuff here. Yeah, we'll just have fun with it. <laughs> And this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor, and uh, with me today, this gentleman needs no introduction. I'm going to give him one. He is a amazing member of the legendary grindcore band Napalm Death, but we are going to be talking about one of his many side projects today, Venomous Concepts' new album, and that is Politic, excuse me, Politics versus The Erection, coming out August 28th on Season of Miss Records, and we are here with Shane Embry. How are you, sir? What's so bad, actually? It's a little rainy over here in England, not surprisingly. Um, just pushing around, uh, you know, take the kids to school, stuff like that, normal life stuff, transition music when I get the time, and keeping the wife happy, but, uh, you know, <laughs> okay, generally all right. You know? Always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. Um, and you have this the new Venomous Concept album coming out, and we're going to jump in track by track of this bad boy. A lot of tracks here. Uh, it looks like the first one is Simeon Flu, is track one. If you want to tell us a little bit about that track. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right. uh, well, interestingly, with this record, it was. Uh, is it, well, I think the oddness about this album is the fact that we actually had have another album written besides this one. So the whole point with. Um, one of the whole points of this album was to be a transition record towards the next one. That's an advance we, we tend to think sometimes, I guess. But uh, Simeon Flu really, um, musically, is the best way I can uh, talk about this, really, is the fact that it's just, uh, we're trying to do something a bit more mid-paced compared to uh, the, the, uh, the Venomous Concept records of old, I guess. And uh, so it starts off kind of a, sort of a more of a mid-paced rocker, but then goes into a kind of... Uh, Anarcho-punk English-style midsection, I guess, um, towards the middle of the song. But lyrically, I think it's, uh, I think Kevin tends to be talking about the general sort of mindset of uh, certain people in, his, in uh, the United States, I guess. That's <laughs> the title. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a good way to kick the record off. Um, uh and then uh, let's see here. We got track two, "Hole in the Ground." Hole in the Ground is quite strange because uh, Kev, we, we, we uh, a very more up tempo, typical kind of venomous concept uh, song there, really <laughs> short and fast. And uh, Kevin came over because we actually did this record originally came about with me and Kevin talking about just doing something quite spontaneous. So we had some air miles, and I flew him over for a weekend in Birmingham. So we started recording this. Uh, I was complaining about my then next door neighbour. He, he was just one of those irritating people who just, <laughs> uh, just made noises, just constantly parked his van in front of the driveway and stuff. So the lyrics are actually about burning the guy's house down. <laughs> really. So uh, that's kind of what that song's about. Um, nothing, nothing too mind-provoking, really lyrically. But I think it was just uh, it just goes hand in hand with the shortness and the sharpness of the track and. Playing on that old kind of 
mid-80s hardcore punk humor, I guess, really. That's great. I love it. Uh, and then track three, uh, Lemonade. Lemonade's uh, musically wanted to do something very kind of repetitive, sort of like a punk rock version of uh, Big Black's Kerosene, in a way. Gotcha. I guess. I just saw like, the repetition on that, and um, I just was like, I've a couple of ministry tracks come to mind too, but those tracks of old are just kind of just, they build and build and build, really. Um, and the, the, the sample from uh, the beginning of the track is from an English comedy program called The, the Fast Show, which talks about some. Uh, uh, kind of typical kind of Yorkshire-style attitude of people going out at the weekend and just uh, getting rather rowdy with each other. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure really what relation that has to the track in some respects. It just feel like, felt like a really good idea to have some sort of angst before it kicked in. Um, and I think, but I think you know, Kevin, Kevin's talking a lot about the repetitive, you know, the sort of nine-to-five, the mundane sort of repetitive life. Because obviously, when Kevin's not singing uh, in Venomous and whatever else, he's uh, Bit of a construction kind of guy. He's always building things and hitting things with a hammer, as he tells me, um, a lot. And I think that gives him time to uh, call his lyrics. But yes, yeah, the sort of if he did the first one, the first lines, like he feels like a hamster on a wheel, I guess. But uh, yeah, the whole track is just to keep on pounding, you know, and uh, getting regular as the track goes on towards the end. Excellent, excellent. And then track four, Lemonade. Oh, you see Lemonade. Uh, what's the other one? Did we miss one? No, we got Eliminate. Eliminate is track four. Did I miss? So we did Simeon Flew, Hole in the Ground, Eliminate, and then Lemonade. Or did I miss something? Oh, Eliminate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Let's go. Let's, what I just said was for Lemonade, and let's talk about Eliminate. Because my, my, my bad hearing. You know, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got you messed up there. I'm sorry, Shane. It's all right, man. Um, it's my stupid know, southern I'm accent. <laughs> No, it's okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure that my accent is ridiculous as well. So, 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 so. Yours is a lot better than mine, <laughs> sir. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, what I just said was for Eliminate. That track is uh, kind of fast, DRI, in-your-face kind of song. Um, and I think Kevin's generally talking about his, uh, his, uh, his kind of hatred for certain politicians I guess you know um, but yeah the, the actual uh, the, the style of the track is very much like the kind of the old DRI classic you know in that kind of that kind of uh, vibe right um, and quite the self-explanatory with the title I think you know excellent and then uh, track five Colossal Failure Colossal Failure uh, musically kind of a um Sort of homage to the old Scandinavian punk rock bands, uh, anti Symex, uh, Fast Parade, stuff like that, Ganks, uh, a little bit of discharge going in there. Um, some of the some of the lyrics, I think, from Kevin's point of view, tend to be not that he not that he feels a colossal failure, I think, but <laughs> um, yeah, but but but, the, but that, those stresses of life, I think, you know, I mean. Most stuff lyrically, as for me as well, when I do write lyrics, you know, it tends to be your reflections of the day. And what I like about Kevin 
the most many things we've been friends for years is the kind of you know he juggles I did it I mean I, I'm fortunate enough to do music well I don't do it for a living I love, I love doing it but it has become a living for me but Kevin swings between those two aspects of like making being a vocalist but also doing that 9 to 5 mentality uh, that, that world really where he can kind of like reflect on both both sort of sides of the coin by different sides of the coin I guess and so I think um, he uses his experiences daily to, to put there what he thinks. I think um, I think at times, like anybody, life feels a bit stressful for him, you know. And uh, where is he going? And where you know, how can he achieve what he needs to achieve for his family? I think and make sure they're safe, you know. Excellent, excellent. And then uh, let's see, track six, promise. Promise is an interesting one. It's kind of a deep track. Um, musically, again, kind of going the strange. Again, a very bizarre thing to say about this is the fact that we've actually we've actually we actually we start recording the fifth Venomous Concept album next week, which we've uh, we've had written for some time. So this particular track is almost a kind of like Simeon Flu is another transitional track towards the next record, right? Which is going to be more kind of mid-paced. I know it sounds bizarre that I'm talking about that, but. That's just the way we are. But, uh, um, but so musically, it's kind of like, you know, it's a kind of more mid-paced, groove-orientated punk track with a bit more of a, a sort of discord influence, I guess. And uh, lyrically, uh, it's really about uh, Kevin's promise he made to his wife, you know, to look after it and uh, protect, really. So it's quite deep, meaningful lyrics. And I kind of, that's about as far as I can go with it, really. You kind of need Kevin to... <laughs> Would sort of feel on the rest of that because obviously um, it's quite deep and personal in some respects. Even though you write it down on a, on a sure. venomous concept album, you know. Excellent. And then track seven, uh, "Septic Mind." Septic Mind, another mid-paced kind of star, uh, stormer, I guess, which is kind of the vibe of some of the record. Um, I think he feels uh, quite trapped in. Uh, his surroundings um, especially of late I know but prior to recording this record just I think uh, he stopped kind of doing social media a lot I think um, and a lot of how he feels people just on there just to kind of like talk shit about each other and just not really uh, kind of missing the point of the whole thing in the first place I guess right. um, and so that seems to be yeah uh, to him poisonous really septic yeah I 100% agree with that there's a lot of that um let's see here and then track 8 Dementia Degeneration that's uh, another kind of upbeat track uh, the lyrics from that from John Cook who's the guitarist obviously in um, Apom as well when we play live um where he lives is kind of on the coast of the uh, England, uh, Southport, very close to Liverpool, and that whole area is um, there's a lot of a lot of depression there. A lot of lot of lot of young uh, teenagers, early twenties, sort of uh, in that rut of kind of depression, which are like they're they're kind of seeking the um, seeking the thrills, so to speak. But also the downside of that is that they kind of like become kind of dependent on uh, certain medications, you know. Right. Um, he himself is, you know, struggles with the, with, with um, 
he had a lot of he has a thing called fibromyalgia, which is very very hard for uh, arthritis wise, you know. Sure. And so he kind of like uh, he he yeah, he can kind of semi sympathise with a lot of those issues being sort of having to take a lot of painkillers to deal with uh, his his particular medical problem, I guess. Um, but musically, you know, upbeat, kind of in your face kind of track. I think um, Johnny's delivered the uh, the more sort of what shall we say, sort of old style venomous concept kind of track. You know. Excellent, excellent. And then uh, Sharon track nine. Oh, oh, carry on. That's carry on. I'm sorry, I said I messed that up. Butchered it with my southern voice. <laughs> hey, oh, it's all right, man. Don't worry. It's like, uh, um, I think um, that's one of the that's one of the songs I wrote lyrics to again. Um, Mid pacer, I guess. Um, I think I wrote that on the back of the tour bus when we were touring with Slayer. I think. Awesome. On my laptop and. Uh, then with some vocal ideas. I mean, Carry On's always that, it's, it's that, it's that fabled kind of, what do you call it, Grim Reaper looking character that kind of takes the coin and travels you across the river sticks towards yes. the 80s. Yep. You know? I always think of Clash of the Titans, the 81 one. Oh, God, yeah. Clash he's got, of the he's at the boat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like that, I guess. And then um, I almost feel that, uh, I think, you know, I mean, married, I mean, kind of a wife would kill me for saying this, but married for 13 years sometimes feels like, you know, a, 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 an endless journey of never knowing, of putting my foot in the wrong, in the, in the, in the wrong, wrong thing all the time, you know. It's just like, you know, what, what, you know what's the cost today, you know, right. really. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get through, you know, you argue where you get through with that. And you move on, but it just feels sometimes like a, Daily, daily trips to Hades for me sometimes, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, never doing the right thing. I try. Well, you know, the intention's there, but sometimes you make those mistakes. And I guess so. It's a bit sure. of a mental, mental, get mental, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sometimes it becomes a headache. I guess. Sure. It's a sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, track 10, Broken Teeth. Broken Teeth, pretty much straight up uh, kind of aggressive John Cook, hardcore tune, really. About, uh, again, a better uh, way from South Paul, a lot of violence down there, a lot of sort of, you know, dumb mentality going on, really. You know, the, the classic sort of, you look different to us, you're going to get um, picked on for it, you're going to get fucked with it, even in this day and age when you would think. I always marvel sometimes, the same, I mean, if I go to a supermarket with people looking at me and I'm going, really? Because. God, I, I've it, after all these years. I mean, there's people with fucking like, contact lenses, tattoos all over, implants in their head. Sure. I've got this crazy hair. People are still looking at me. I thought I'd be quite normal by today's standards. <laughs> really, but, you know, I guess not. You know. And, um, so there's, you know, you get, some, you get the odd person who decides it's going to make their day to mess with you. It's the broken teeth. You know? Right. Right. Exactly. Can completely relate to that. Uh, track 11, Shadows. Shadows, uh, very much musically and lyrically, I wrote come up with this one, uh, very discharge uh, from Ashes Rise kind of influence track. Uh, I, I got into uh, from Ashes Rise quite late, late compared to from Blah People, I think, but I love their kind of, their, their, their mixture of discharge with great harmony over the top. 
Um, so Shadow the Musical is kind of in that vein. And uh, lyrically, you know, just there's days where you just don't seem to know yourself. You know, you you you, 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 you struggle to feel to think to, to feel to, to feel normal. I think being a musician, being a well, until recently, being away a lot on tour, but and then I talk about this with a lot of people, and then coming back into that, that nine to five or the norm, normal world, I have a family. It's very hard to do too. Um, being a musician or whatever you, you, you thrive on being creative and kind of a bit of an escapist sure. but also having a family obviously you know is, is very grounding so I, I struggle sometimes to, to find the balance you know I mean um, I have a wife that's uh, quite tolerant on me I guess than that. but um, I do feel guilty at times for not for having those kind of issues but that's what that kind of what you are really well you know Sure. And, um, it's been interesting with the past few months being at home, uh, being at home more than usual, really, uh, <laughs> where you realise that, that, that in some ways, I mean, I think the wife kind of likes me away a bit more than she's admitting as well, you know, really. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it, it is just, it is, it is a struggle. The shadows talks about really, you know, just the shadows in your mind and how... And, um, the darkness that creeps in from time to time. I'm generally a kind of jolly sort of fellow, I like to think, but there are those dark moments that creep in. And uh, I tend to use that as, a, as a, those days to put them into words. I, I, I try and turn the, the negative into positive where I can, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So uh, that's one of those songs, basically. Excellent. And then track 12, Mantis Toboggan. Well, did you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia at all? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, I only got turned on that recently um, by John Cook, um, and we quite, we quite, we were quite uh, attracted to uh, Danny Vito's Manchester Morgan character, um, <laughs> and so basically, we had actually I played drums on that track, straight, so I forgot about that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I got, I, I got on the kit after I got. It took me a while to. To get up to speed, there's no drum rolls because I probably would have fell off the chair. Um, but, uh, that, so that song's kind of just really just totally back to 85, 86, short, fast. Let's have some fun, you know. And um, lyrically, it's just, yeah, I think uh, John might have been, shall we say, a little bit more mellow than usual and decided to write lyrics to that. And Manchester Bogdan just seemed a great title for it, you know. Hopefully. Somewhere, somewhere in the network might, might like the, uh, the idea of that music one day. I don't know. Ah, you know but, um, you know, it was uh, just, yeah, a real fun, hold, a hardcore spirit kind of track to, to do. I was so curious if that's what that was actually about. I didn't, I was going to let I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we just, we, 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 we're mixing the, the record and uh, it was just, yeah, there was, that, there was one last track that we hadn't used, which was the, uh, the, the sort of blaster. I mean, like, what are we going to call this? You know, in, in the old school days, you'd well, say, you know, you're 18 or 19. I mean, not that I care. I don't, I don't really give two two hoots name, especially when you're younger. You were like, oh, let's, let's do something nice and comical to do with this track. And Manchester Logan seemed perfect because the character is pretty comical. Yeah, so <laughs> that's great. So hand in hand for us. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't get sued or anything. Hope. Nah, <laughs> nah. 
And then track 13, uh, the title track, Politics versus the Erection. Uh, that was an afterthought. Thought we were mixing the record uh, down at Johnny's drummer's studio. It was Johnny's and also in a band called Corrupt Moral Alter. Corrupt Moral Alter. And they were drummer Tom has a small little studio, so we were mixing it there. And did a few covers. And I got the drums for that one. And kind of like a kind of sort of tribal, sort of rudimentary peni killing joke-esque kind of song right. um, very repetitive you know very simple in its structure uh, the title was the title of the album was an afterthought really <laughs> um, Kevin Kevin has his own ideas really about that I do believe it's aimed towards uh, Trump I believe um, sure and uh, but yeah he's got like a little you know he's got his little kind of news broadcaster voice going out going through it but yeah, that was kind of, that came. But that that song came about much later than the, the rest of the record. But uh, it's a nice little uh, twist towards you know, to, to end the record, I think. Excellent, excellent. And then just to kind of talk to you about this because I was just curious. So this kind of grinded the wheels. The 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 Coven things grinded the wheels probably on a lot of stuff that you had probably planned for this year. Just different stuff, didn't it? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I've. I mean, project-wise, I'm always insanely up to something, you know. Sure. And prior to, I mean, because the new Napalm Death album comes out in, I think, September, end of September, which has actually been, actually been recorded and mixed for a while, probably close to a year already. Oh, wow. Um, And that, because we started recording that a few years ago, um, and things just take time for various reasons. And I think when you're touring a lot, in, in, I guess in our world, it, it, people people see you touring, but they sometimes well, where do you find the time? But obviously, obviously, there's lots of things behind the scenes that no one, people don't always see. Sure. So a lot of work had been done. I mean, I recently put out like a weird electronic, electronic album on my label, on a small digital label, and also we finished up a record of a project uh, called Blood from the Soul, which I, I did one album many years ago in Eric. And uh, I did a second record recently with that where Jacob from Converge is singing on the album, so that's going to come out at some point. That's awesome. Um, so quite busy and venomous. You know, we would have this album would have come out. We would have done uh, some small tours here and there. Um, for, for venomous, it's a, it's a good excuse for us to hang out as friends and just uh, try and relive our youth. I guess you know, but uh, right. Yeah, the, 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 the whole uh, the whole thing's put a bit of a damper on. I've done stuff, and I think every, a lot of all the musicians are just trying to rethink their approach on, on what to do. I guess you know. In the meantime, uh, I mean, I'm just making looking enough to make a lot of music. We just kind of, all we can do is wait and see how things progress. I guess. Um, right. It's a bit uh, it's a bit hard to say what's going to happen, especially with the touring situation. Really. Well, you know, over here it's it's just a fucking mess. Like all the people people didn't stay in when they were supposed to, and it's spiking. The the you know the they say every day that it's going back up, and I'm sitting there going, you know, I've been hiding in my in my house here for fucking four months, and <laughs> not everybody did that though. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people were out fucking and partying yeah. and doing all this shit they shouldn't have been doing, and now that shit's it's starting to spike up, and it's. It's kind of scary because I take a drug that lowers my immune system, so I have to be real careful when I go out. So it's 
Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Kevin. You know, Kevin has family members. Family members were. He's been pretty concerned about. Obviously, the you know, the age issue issue was there. I mean, I saw my mom recently last week. But I mean, I didn't. Strangely enough, I didn't do too much different than I normally do because. I mean, people have been socially distancing themselves from me for years anyway. Same here, same here, Shane. <laughs> yeah, to be kind of, to be kind of like semi-humorous about it. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, my little studio here, which is the old, the old Napalm Death House, as I call it, me and Danny from Napalm have this, this, uh, this building where all my stuff is. It's about four or five miles from where I live with my family. So I was kind of allowed to come back and forth. You know, in the, in, the early, in the early months of this whole pandemic, and I didn't really socialize. I didn't socialize with anybody. I didn't do anything more different than I normally do. And because of not being not working nine to five, I could hit the grocery stores at kind of like strange hours or whatever. You sure. know. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've opened the pubs over here in England uh, last Saturday. And I think they said for the most part. Um, it went okay, but you know, a place like London, you know, it's such a fucking crazy city, really. <coughs> Excuse me, it's, you know, it's um, it's hard to imagine how that's going to be. You know, I've been seeing emails and uh, uh, public transport being affected. You have to wear your mask, obviously, and it is. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's very very. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. I never actually believed that we would kind of experience something like this. In that time, I guess you know. Same here. Yeah, it's it's well, you know, where I live here in Florida, if you if you get caught out without the mask, they can put you in jail for twenty five days. Oh really? Like it's, but you know, I'm okay with it. I'm like, I wear the mask everywhere. Like it's these assholes that are not taking care of themselves that I think are spreading this stuff over here to me. So, you know, but it's it's scary and. Uh, my best friend, his, you know, his sister died from it. So it's it's real. You see these assholes online. Oh, it's not real. It's like I'm pretty sure it's real. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm up there with conspiracy theories. But I mean, I have a friend of mine who uh, I speak to a lot. as kind of like a, he's an old musician friend of mine, but he's become kind of like a psychotherapist guy. Sure. You know? And I'll talk to him. Generally, because sometimes I, I'm, you know, it's like just nice to just shoot the shit with somebody who can give me a different spin on perhaps what I'm thinking. Sure. Um, you know, um, and he's from back where I come from, which is more in the countryside. It's about only 40 miles from here, but it's um, small pockets of towns. But uh, his, his, his ex wife was, uh, she worked for the NHS we have over here, and nurse and stuff. And, you know, there were five people a night dying in the, in the local hospi- hospital at one time. And, pretty easy for people to say it doesn't exist it does it's just that you know you may have been lucky enough to come across this thing but you know it's it's there for sure you know it's um, it's not made up and uh, you have to uh, do your best you can to try and be take precautions really and that's just the way it is but it's 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 it's, it's kind of it is scary that it's come along I never thought it would be in our time it just it's kind of turned things massively upside down nobody knows what to think in the future you can try and be positive of course obviously and I try and be positive um, things things are getting back to some sort of 9 to 5 normality here but I mean as regards as a musician which you know I came myself quite lucky to do this anyway but it's definitely I do think of well what the hell's going to go on 
as regards to the live circuit as we know it, you know, with festivals and things like that. There's a lot of festivals over here in Europe yeah, that, we, that we have that I don't know. Uh, I can't really see that happening for a long while yet, you know. Well, that's just like touring. You know, any band I've talked to, I don't know if this is the same with you with Napalm or, you know, any of your your side projects, but everybody's scared really to do anything. Even for next year, they're kind of like, I mean, we could tentatively plan it, but is it all just going to shit the bed next year too, you know, so. Well, yeah, you just don't know. I mean, uh, I, 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 I haven't been, you know, looking at the news uh, too much. I mean, I try to... Uh, uh, read a little bit, but I mean, yesterday uh, there was some. Uh, supposedly, they discovered uh, some other, some small variant or some of the new, new, uh, pan, new uh, potential um, virus in China again yesterday. I heard something else, you know. And then a small Mongolian city, I heard, uh, had two two cases of the bubonic plague. Would you believe? Good God! Which is obviously what wiped out millions like four or five hundred years ago. Um, so I don't know how you believe that. What you, you know, what, how you process all that. But um, yeah, it's uh, we're moving towards where we are in uncharted territory, moving ever, ever towards some sort of future that we don't quite know. Really, I mean, you know, the, you know in, in history, you, 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 we've all you, know, you come across all manner of bizarre obstacles and, and trials and all that. This is the latest, I guess, but you never kind of expect it. You never believe it's going to happen. I guess. Um, it's hard to know the solution, really. Um, yeah, it's it's. I, I can't even watch the news. I have PTSD real bad, and like any anxiety. And if I try to even, you know, you want to stay up to speed and educated, but if I do it, I risk, you know, giving myself a freaking heart attack or a damn panic attack. Oh yeah, I mean that's it. I mean, it, 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 some days I wake up, I'm completely generally okay, and then some days, because I mean. You know, I say I came as a very lucky that I'm, I'm a creative person who makes money through music. I understand why I started it. Obviously, you know, I still hate saying things like that. I feel uncomfortable about it. But you know, I've never really felt comfortable with no sort of normal life as such. So, but I'm thinking, oh well, in a way, as it gets, how's life going to progress for us? I mean, in the music scene, um, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my sort of inspirations over the years have been very self-controlling of music instead of going through the, the norm, normal route of record labels they've been doing things for themselves through Bandcamp and stuff like that you know um, so I don't know whether, whether whether the situations will change where you don't play live as much especially especially in the foreseeable future and you create more music instead I don't know yeah, right. to be digested or online in whichever way uh, so so means, but it, it's, especially for musicians, we're probably the or the or the arts, creative creative arts. We're the kind of the last people, I guess, they are going to get back to some sort of anything resembling normal, because obviously it requires crowds of people to come and see you. you know? Right. So, I don't know. Well, that's like I I don't know what I wanted to ask you. What do you think of the whole? Because I couldn't imagine. Um. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had someone aggravating me trying to call in there. What I was going to say, though, is what do you think about the whole... Because I, I personally just don't understand it, and I wanted to ask you what you thought about it. The, the whole 
playing online thing. I just I I just can't see Napalm Death doing that. I don't think I would enjoy that. But I, I was curious what your whole take was on the whole. We're we're gonna do this online tour. I just I don't I can't get into it myself. I just. Well, I mean we. Me and Barney kind of semi discussed what would happen with that, and I think at one point we were like, yeah, possibly, but then we were like, nah, I don't know, really. Um, and I don't know whether, I don't, I don't think any, um, I don't think our hearts are into something like that, really. Um, it just doesn't. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just an old fart, but I just don't. I don't. I can't. I just can't get behind that. I just don't. I mean. I don't, I don't watch YouTube videos of people filming a show, much less, like, I go to shows, you know, like, when I come see Napalm Death, I watch you guys play, and hopefully we get to do an interview when we're done, and or before, and, and, and that's, the, that's the night, you know, and it's awesome. I can't just imagine, you know, nothing against you guys do, making money, I'm all about you guys making your money, but I just, for me, as a, even as a fan, it just feels disconnected to me, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it would, it, I think as regards, as regards that connection, for sure, uh, it's very difficult to to uh, envision that that being something really solid and satisfactory, I guess. And I think, um, I don't know, you know, there's, 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 we're, certainly there's talk about it, but I think um, a lot of bands are starting to do that. I mean, I'd be more, I'm sort of more into sort of the idea the idea of being able to sort of, I guess, have, because we haven't had the time to kind of create more music and do like some sure. sort of special sort of releases, releases and go off in different tangents musically. I mean, Napalm, this will be, this will be the new six, the 16th album we do and with Venomous, as a, strangely enough, because we've had time. Sure. You know, the fourth album's coming out, but we're recording the fifth next week. We've actually written a sixth album. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. <laughs> but it, but but it's just because. Well, I like to make music. I'm here in my little studio now. I was up to up to some mischievous nonsense, you know. That's just what I'm doing. I just I like doing it. And yes, you can make some money for me. I'm I have my family, but it's also for me. I like to create kind of kind of my hobby. So I'm kind of lucky in some ways. But with Venomous, it was like, well, what are we going to do? You know, we can't go and tour. Johnny plays with Venomous and Napalm with me. We're, we're both. We speak to each other every other day, and we're going to today. He's like, God, I'm getting a bit sick of this. You know, so <laughs> come down to Birmingham, his car, and you know, I've got my mm-hmm. guitars here and my fucking stuff, and we just let's I'm just start something. And Kevin said to me the other week, he's like, Oh, you know, we've been talking about this for ages because you know we're friends with Buzz from the Melvins, and but we love, I love the fact that Melvins. Just oh yeah, oh yeah, great band. They just constantly create and do different stuff you know Buzz is a, he's like a kind of mentor to me in a way I guess you know I mean I met Buzz for the first time years ago and I, I like I like his attitude you know he's fucking straight up does what he needs to do you know I like it and um, so we're just like well maybe it's time for them to start really <laughs> put, pushing the envelope and like okay well this is the album's going to be this and let's do this and because you know it, it and I always find it frustrating with some musician friends I have in mind where they get like yeah, disillusioned like, and jaded and the last they don't really want to make music. I'm like, well, if you don't really want to make music, it's like, well, I don't understand that. You know, and it's like in times like this, which 
you know, there's time where well, you have time to do stuff. It's like, well, well, the least I can do is try and put my put my brain in a, in a position where I can try and sure. create. And, sure. You know, it kind of eases. It's therapeutic for me, and you know, get some good music out of it, and hopefully release it at some point. Some people around the world might like what we're doing. You know, um, so. I kind of see that with Napalm in some respects if Napalm can't tour for a while then you know the next album won't come out that's what <laughs> number, se- number 17 and 18 and 19 <laughs> I mean I don't know it's just what, what do you do I mean a lot of some of my my favourite experimental artists they're, you know, they're always really kind of self-controlling of their music but they create many many records per year and do different things and sure. you know, you have to, there's a fine line between that but what else are you going to do? You know? I think it's great. I mean, I if you if you if you were a painter, I mean, I would imagine you'd be pretty frustrated just painting loads of imagery. It's the same thing. It's like right. it's, it's a release, you know. I guess in some ways, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, uh, politics versus the erection uh, comes out August twenty eighth from Season of Miss Records and Shane. You're a legend, sir. I can't thank you for... I always... I have fun catching up with you every time. Well, thank you very much. It is, to, uh, hopefully, we'll be doing this in person at some point. I may be in a hazmat suit, but we can... <laughs> we can... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, got my, I've got some spare bandanas from when I played a brewery, which probably come in handy. Right? Yeah. Actually, we'll have all of us in the... Cr- we'll show up, Corey, and I'll be in hazmat suits, and we'll hang out, and... Thank you.